toy boat. <laughs> I think we leave that in. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 145. And guy and here. That's good. I like that a lot. You like that? Yeah. I'm playing with himself, too. While we, were, while we were trying to get off campus today, I was listening to the latest around comics. And as much as Renee loves Sal, she's like, well, where's Jason and Vince? I'm like, like, don't you have an episode on that? So I played it. I didn't realize that I had, while I've been downloading episodes, I had not transferred to the iPod. So the last one, the most recent episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, is called Gifted Chamber. So it's me and the last year. Wow. So we were listening to that. damn slacker. Seriously. This, this is new. I'm like, no. But I'll, I'll make sure I'm up to date now if the universe strikes you where you won't actually hear it. You're like, it's new to you. You know, you know, David, I hate to say this, but I think, I'm crossing my fingers that it doesn't come true, but I think you will be this week's Jason. Awesome. Yeah. I hope not, buddy, because I love to hear your voice, but, you know, at any time, if you want to reboot and come back in, we'll grab you. Not now, but, but when you get but when you get cut off. Because we, we don't want to tempt you. No, you, we'll just hang out and see what happens. Because that's what, what this is. This is reality. reality if, I, if I send Jason a Twitter during uh, a direct message on Twitter during the podcast, then you'll know that I'm, I'm going. All right. Yes. I don't have Twitter open, but... <laughs> but it'll be there. That's probably why I can hear you so <laughs> That's well. meta. That's so meta, isn't it? I never have Twitter open when we record because I'm always afraid it's going to fuck me up. But I had Twitter open all day today. Thank God for some people on Twitter because I was in uh, a foul mood all day. and People were getting me really? all... Yeah, they're making me happy. On the forum, on Twitter, it was great. I'm uh, really angry with uh, I wasn't. I wasn't I, on the I, Twitter today too much. No, you weren't. I didn't see Tw- too many dollars on it. My wife uh, and my two-year-old have the flu, the official influenza. Oh. So I... I uh, I'm on the home front. Take care of the rest of the the fam. Look at you. That makes you even more attractive, you prick. Okay. Yeah, it's a fucking hot zone, dude. <laughs> the hot zone. Bring God, in the hazmat suits. God yep. forbid it. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics. I'm Vince B, and I am the slime. The slime? Yes. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I'm I'm almost, almost through my depression over the bears. <laughs> Uh, it's too bad. I'm David Price, and I'm, I'm staying warm. Yay. Yeah. Nice, nice. And uh, officially this week, I've announced my retirement. I'm Regis Philbin. Oh, that's sad. Isn't that's it? sad. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to take a couple of whacks at the co-host. Oh, mama. That's right. Ooh, Wait, baby. Yeah, the, original, the original co-host. Rip a dipper. No, oh, you're oh, not you're Regis <laughs> Philbin. <laughs> you're Jason Wood. Jason Wood. That's you. Oh, very good. That's, That's a, a good shitty Regis. Sure, that's a shitty Regis. Wow, you look at you. A, a, a shirt and tie that matches the same color? Dude, <laughs> not that this is any way related to our show, which is about comics. Uh, right. But, but uh, this morning, because I was home with my sick wife, she had on some news program, some New York-based news program, it was Today's Show or Good Morning, something like that. And I saw this morning that Oprah Winfrey just announced that she has a 
Dick. A, a, a stepsister. <laughs> a half-sister, half yeah. Really? That is baffling. Dude, talk about it's a lottery like life, huh? Paul, I know. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's the DNA lottery. Yep. Wow. What is she That's, worth, exactly? And, and What's that? Oh, what is almost two, almost $2 billion. Jesus. Yeah, it's it, uh, yeah, a lot. And, and yeah. after, after she announced that, I think it was Monday night on Conan O'Brien during his monologue, he said that... Um, so that the audience won't feel left out that Oprah gave everybody their own half-sister. Ah, <laughs> Man, it's insane. Can you imagine? How do you just find a half-sister? I know. I know, right? They're kind of messy, though, half-sisters. Now, was this woman, like, is she just a normal woman? Like, and then they, like, Oprah, Oprah's people called her up and said, I think you're Oprah's sister? Like, is that... <laughs> I, I have no idea how it had you asked, like, I have no idea how, how, it, uh, how, how it came about. I saw it on CNN, I think. Well, when you get your next fan club newsletter, you let us know. Okay? When I, yeah, when I get out oh, the magazine, cool. definitely. Oh, Nobody right. gets my humor. Nobody. I'm not oh, well, about the penis? That. No, <laughs> oh, I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, okay, now you're placating me. Great. This this patronizing episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCB Service. Dot com, right? DCBService.com, where you, the comic book fan, can get your favorite funny books, your favorite periodicals, and uh, assorted comic book bric-a-brac for huge, ama a wumba, amazing, gigantic, gal galacticized discounts. Check this out. Axe Cop, Bad Guy Earth number one, three-issue miniseries. You can get the first issue for a buck seventy-five. Other blokes will pay three fifty for it, but not you. You will be laughing at them as you're reading your issue that you paid dollar seventy five for. The first issue of Godzilla Monster World. That's what it's called now, right? Monster World. Uh by uh, Phil Hester and that Eric Powell guy. Mm-hmm. Ninety nine cents. That's seventy five percent off. And on on that uh for the first issue, is it no, is it the I I forget what issue it is. Um there was a, a retailer incentive that if you ordered, you know, X number copies of Godzilla, then um, the cover they would do an exclusive cover of Godzilla stepping on and destroying your store. And oh, really? And DCBS customers, uh, they they met that threshold, so you will get the uh, the exclusive DCBS cover. For How do Godzilla. you know about these things? They emailed all of us. I didn't get an email. What? Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I don't. Uh, you yeah. did too. Yeah. Well, maybe I should but close, I think that's really scrutinize that's, my emails a little bit closer. But I like the Eric Powell wraparound cover much better, <laughs> and that's the variant, so it's more. But uh, can you name all the the kaiju in the wraparound cover? If you can, I will give you a hug next time I see you. Don't do it now. Just save up, and I'll ask you again next next episode. No researching. What's a kaiju? Oh boy, dude! Uh, and dude. you can also get the Wappen 600 plus page Comics Journal 301 uh, list price for 30 bucks, 45 percent off. You'll get it for 16 dollars and 50 cents. Caligula number one from Avatar by Mr. David Lapham, 50 percent off, buck 99. It's so sweet to pay. I ordered half that price. on your recommendation. You brought it to my attention. Well, it's it Lapham. Is, it I mean, it's, yeah, I, it could be about you know anything in it you know it's going to be a certain level of goodness because it's david Lapham. but yo there goes my pen come back here something hey, i've been i've back. been very uh lax in doing is mentioning that if you have um an aversion to paper if paper's an anathema to you you can get digital comics 
from DCBS through their My Digital Comics site. It's www.mydigitalcomics.com. Get this. This is sweet. You know, you don't have a lot of money in your wallet and you're hearing all the buzz around Duncan the Wonder Dog. You can get it for $9.99. Yes, through mydigitalcomics.com. It's crazy. They have a bunch of, a bunch of independents. They got a lot of top cow. It's, it's nuts. And Chris, you will be very pleased to hear this. They've, uh, part of it follows the iTunes model. You can get stuff on there for 99 cent. Yep. 99 cent. But remember, it's not my comic, my digital comics that sets the prices. It's the publishers. So, you know what I mean? You're going to have a little bit of fluctuation here and there while everybody finds the right price point, which everyone knows is a they're DR, DRM but, free too, aren't they? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure. Well, they're, they're PDFs, even though you know I always read PDFs in the Mac Preview because Adobe Acrobat sucks big hairy balls. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, yes. Remember, DCBService.com for your physical comics and MyDigitalComics.com for your electron-based. You got it. Comics. And you know where you're going to be able to meet a lot of the creators. That uh, that sell comics through uh, my house, the truck stop on Interstate eighty one, or at C two E two. Oh yes, oh, that's coming up. That's, that's right, Sados Sados. It's coming up. <laughs> it is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. That's right, C two E two is coming back to downtown Chicago this March eighteenth through the twentieth, and we will be there. Yay! You oh hell's yeah, we will with you my fly up. open. You got it. If the fly open and the flyover state, you can join <laughs> us in the uh, in the West Building this year. That's right. They're moving across the street into the uh, the spacious and uh, I, th- I think a touch more modern part of uh, of McCormick Plaza. It's I think it's be- a bigger building, right? It's a bigger building. It's the yeah. it's the newer edition. Uh, I think that the new edition. That- nice. Is Ralph Tresvant going to be there? There you go. No idea. <laughs> the uh, uh, the artist alley folks that got sunburnt last year because there were actual windows. I think they may be uh, they may be protected from uh, from sunburn this year. Oh, so uh, it's a but dark sun- <laughs> so, it, no, no, it's actually it's a really it's a really nice building. Um, some of the folks that are going to be there include uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Adam Hughes, Ben Temple Smith, Gene Ha, Cliff Chang, Mahmoud Ashrar. Oh, stop. Let's get a woot. What, what, what? Cornell, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, Scott mm-hmm. Snyder, who I've never Scotty. met. Looking forward to, to meeting him. And uh, and many more. Uh, they're going to yes. be announcing uh, more special guests every week leading up to the con, which is about seven weeks out or so. Oh, damn. Can, really? Uh, really? Wow. Whew. Yeah, I know. It's coming up quick. You can ch- check out all of that information and get tickets at C2E2.com. And uh, remember, if you order before March 14th, you can get uh, a weekend pass for only 50 bucks, which is that's that's a that's a nice deal for, for the whole weekend. You so, bet. Yep, C2E2.com. We're going to have a table there. We're going to be uh, doing some recordings there and and uh, hanging out and having fun. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to having all That's my right. all my peeps nice. back in uh, in the city of Broad Shoulders. Or if you're an older cluster. I wonder if the uh, 2010 C2E2 recordings we did are going to get aired before the 2011. Yeah, I'm actually editing those. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Christian Alame was uh, was mm. barking at me because I had he and uh, Doug Mankey and Pete Tomasi 
sitting down talking about uh, everything that was coming up in, in Green Lantern and Brightest Day for 2010. So it'll end up <laughs> a nice preview retrospective <laughs> episode. Nice. Right. So. That sounds like David and uh, I interviewed Phil Hester. No one heard it. <laughs> but we did. I loved it though. Yeah, it was fun, but we the, the audio was all unheard video. Yeah. yeah. Phil should be there. Phil Phil should be at C two E two. Sure, pimping the big G. Yeah. Gojira. Yeah, but anyway, so there you go. I have two thank yous and you have one, Chris. Mm. I I know for a fact. Okay. Uh I would like to thank Mr. Matt Burden. Templar on the forums because Matt uh sent me a Christmas present. I got mine a little bit later. Than you guys, it made a very long. Well, maybe maybe you're not getting it, but uh, it seemed to take a very long journey, probably around a month since he mailed it. But I got it, thank God. Uh, And Matt has crawled into my head. Get out, you foul Brit. Uh, He knows exactly what I like. He sent me from Plexus is the publisher. It's a 288 page full color book called The Complete. History of the Return of the Living Dead. Wow. wow. From, That's you know, cool. Dan O'Bannon's uh, landmark movie. Well, there was five of them. And this book, this comprehensive tome covers all of them. And there's very juicy shots of Linnea Quigley's ass from the first movie. And <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And he also sent me House of Mystery number 156. Remember that recently released Dial H for Hero showcase? Yeah. You know the story, uh, the cometeer, giant boy, and the mole? The guy with the whiskers and the, the drills on his fingers and his head? I oh, own sorry. that issue now. Nice. 12 cents, baby. And he sent it to me for Christmas. So Sweet. thank you, Matt Bird. And I also would like to thank Abstract Geek on our forum because he hooked me up big time. Oh, yeah. Wumba big time with a box set from Abco Records. Remember Abco Records? I guess they're still in business because they're doing good stuff. The films of Alejandro Jodorowsky, a box set, baby. This contains El Topo, Holy Mountain, and Fando and Fando Elise. I had that from, I have the Fantoma release of Fando Elise, but you know what? I think this one looks better. Huh. It may yeah, be. I, can't wait it, I may be full of shit, and 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 it could be pulled from the exact same master. But I'm thinking it looks better. And there's two soundtracks on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get the El Topo soundtrack, and you get the Holy Mountain soundtrack. I'm yeah. in Yodorowsky heaven. You could yep. subsist on. You could purely enjoy life by the gifts of uh, of of our listenership and friends. I could. Seriously, I could. Yeah. And I do. You know what else True. you can exist on? And there was another disc in there. What was it called, Chris? Midnight it's Movies. Mi- midnight, it was a documentary on uh, the Midnight Movie movement. Yeah. Which um, El Topo was kind of, I think, credited as being uh, the first popularized Midnight Movie. Um, yeah. When was El Topo? 70? 72. No. Was it? Uh, bef- before my time. 70, 72. <laughs> right El to- I'll tell you exactly when it was, because it's right here. Uh, 71 was the soundtrack. I have the disc downstairs because I was watching 1970 it. 70 then. Yeah, 70. So, yeah, well, no, uh, Night of the Living Dead is 68, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm you know just saying what the thank Matt properly? You know who you can thank Matt properly, Vince? How? By saying where you could hear uh, Matt. That's right. Oh. Why don't you tell him, Jason? That was a good segue. 
Well, Matinee Matt, Idols. Uh, well, Chris has been a guest on the show. Uh, That's Matt right. Is See, one of the four co-hosts of Matinee Idols, mm-hmm. I D L E S. Uh, it's a, a pretty great podcast about movies, and they usually pick a film uh, and do a deep dive on it. Um, and uh, I believe the newest one that's upcoming is uh, RoboCop. But yeah. not too not too long ago, for the holidays, they did uh, a couple awesome ones, including having uh, our knucklehead uh, Neesman on there to talk about mm-hmm. Fight Club, um, mm. which uh, I think is, is that- definitely worth your attention because it's an awesome movie and an it awesome is. director who's probably going to win an Oscar for Best Director this year. You think uh, he's going to get it for, uh, for Social I Network? I do think he's going to get it for Social Network. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Matinee Idols. Also, uh, what else is on there? We got Vern. We got uh, Mr. Joey? Malpractice Joey. I'm going to make Joey Alec very Barry. happy. And Alec yep. Barry. Yep. I'm, I'm making Joey very happy later on in the show. Okay. I, I oh, specifically yeah, I chose yeah. this because I knew he would groove on it. Nice. Because, yeah, but and it's not I-D-O-L-S. It's I-D-L-E-S. I-D-L-E-S, right. Matinee Idols. Check it out. There you go. So there you go. And you know what you could be drinking when you're watching your films of Jodorowsky, Chris? What could you be drinking? Well, I don't know, Vince. Why don't you tell me what you're drinking? I'm drinking Yingling. Oh, no, shit. no, I don't want to get any shit this week, even though I have more Zima, not Zima, more, uh, <laughs> more Smirnoff left. Y'all can go to hail. I'm drinking Yingling, traditional been lager, stuck, baby. Been stocked up on Zima back in the day. That's like, that and like, uh, classic Marvel Coke. And James. Yeah. Jolt, he's got Jolt Cola waiting for him afterwards. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's low. He's gonna, have a, he's gonna wash it down with a McLean Deluxe for a snack. <laughs> Some Bartles and James in there. I used to love the Bartles and James. They don't make those anymore. Yeah, they do. Hey, do you uh, do you guys have tasty cakes in your your neck of the woods? Uh, Hell yes, fence? yes. Yeah, you know they're going belly up, dude. Get out of here. I'm livid. They're like my favorite cakes of all time. Those raspberry ones, like the low-fat no, ones like with the, the little... peanut butter candy cakes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so good, yeah. I had an uncle. This is just bullshit while we're waiting. I had an uncle from Vegas who, up until a certain uh, time, maybe like 83, 84, they did not have Tasty Cakes out west. And he would bring a suitcase, an empty suitcase with him every time he came in and just fill that friggin' thing with t- Tasty Cakes and bring them back to Vegas. Dude, no lie. My my aunt, my my father's sister, moved out to Aspen, Colorado, when she was eighteen. Still is in Colorado to this day. She's pretty much a vegan, except when she comes back to visit us in Jersey, she buys two things and brings them back with her. She buys tasty cakes of different types, and she brings back a thing of uh, cases pork roll. Why? Why is what was that? Pork roll. Oh, pork uh, Taylor roll. Ham. You call it Taylor Ham, probably? I don't call it anything. I don't eat that shit. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you've heard of it, though, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I have no idea of anything that you guys were talking about. Stinks <laughs> up the refrigerator like crazy. Oh, it's so good. It's I, like, I've never seen it. a tasty cake in my life. Oh, they're oh it's great. so good, dude. It yeah. makes... It, it it makes a hostess cake look like uh, a like Preach. a a, fi- like a five cent alley ho. Yeah. And the tasty cake's <laughs> like the high end call girl. Preach. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, ben, Ben's little Debbie right over. Yep. Hell yeah. All right, David, what are you drinking? Uh, what am I drinking, Vince? Um, some kind of grape-based Wrong. Li- liquor. Oh no! Some grappa from Napa. I'm I stunned. I am drinking some uh, Jim Beam and ginger ale. What? Ooh, yummy. Pardon? Well, you know what it is? He doesn't have to go to work tomorrow. So he's I was going to say, he's already oh, called no, out tomorrow. No, I haven't called out. No, I haven't been able to get to the, uh, the liquor store. 
fill up on the uh, stock up on the grape. So buy some cold. Hey man, you ain't going wrong with the with the the bourbon and ginger ale. That's actually you know what you know what Chris, it's it's even green but it's Jim Beam choice. Oh wow, nice, nice. Look at you. Shit. All right, Mr. Wood, what are you stepping on? Ninety nine calories of bliss. Uh, I'm like Vince today, only on the lighter side. I'm drinking some Yingling Light Lager. So yeah. goddamn good. Why are you drinking light? You don't need it. Really? I do. I do, dude. It was Christmas. You know, you got. I got to get spilt for the C2E2. I got it. You know? Jesus. I better start. A tattoo. If I'm making a tattoo on my rib cage, I got to have you know a nice flat <laughs> stomach while I'm sitting there out with thousands of people staring at my belly for a couple hours. I'll be asking. <laughs> Who's Vince? Why is he getting a tattoo? I love Vince. I don't <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am. Uh, I found a new beer that I just absolutely love. It is um, from uh, uh, Summit Brewing, which I've had uh, from Summit before. They had a, a Red Rye Ale from their Unchained series that was absolutely fantastic, and then I had their other um, rye that wasn't the unchained and i wasn't nearly as as fond of it so the this unchained series i think is is more their like really awesome premium stuff and this is their imperial pumpkin porter mm-hmm. and so it's well nah, if you like porters it's 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 really just a fantastic porter now you would think that there's a lot of pumpkin in it and there's there's not it's just kind of a a, a richer spicier you know it's 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 a porter that has kind of like some nice fall spices to it and so it's i i was expecting a lot more pumpkin in it and and it's really just a a nice complex porter so that is from uh from summit brewing and it's their unchained series their imperial pumpkin porter and it is delicious Hmm. it's from batch number five (laughs) by the way in case you were wondering (laughs) <laughs> they suck us. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, David caught the wood this week. Yep, uh-huh. a massive no, wood. I think I think it's because uh, my connection seems to be shit tonight. So, uh, bam, we'll pick up the slack. You East Coasters in your snow. <laughs> I know it's fucking ridiculous. All right, I'll, comics. I'm gonna restart. I'm gonna restart. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm gonna restart. All right, you do that. You restart. I'm going to take a timestamp, so this is the part where I'll put in the first listener voicemail. Let's hear it. Hello, 11 o'clockers. Um, Colin, my first time. Um listened to the show for a really long time. and just called to say that uh, I really appreciate the show. Uh, I've actually moved out of the country. I'm living in Vietnam. Got a teaching job, and comic books are pretty scarce. So this podcast and a couple of others like this are my lifeline into the comic book world, and they help keep me a little bit sane in a brand new country. So uh, good show, and thanks a lot. Um, and you can call me uh, Hagar. No, that's lame. Uh, my name's Derek. Bye. All right, I David. Believe what that caller said. Can you believe that? <laughs> Stunning, wasn't it? David's back. Yay. Uh, and and sounding uh, a bit a bit better, a bit better. And uh all right, let's uh, do you want to talk about it? Do we talk about it or do we just completely gloss over it and do not give it any kind of airtime because I really feel that it doesn't deserve very much. <laughs> you, you, so, I, so I get so I get up the other morning and uh and 
you know, I turn on the TV and turn on the get the kettle going, and and Marta sits uh, sits on the couch and she flips her her laptop. Oh wait, up. if you're about to spoil something, let's precur- let's precursor it with. No, I don't think we should. I don't think we should spoil it. It's too new. But you can yeah. you can you can say the member or the team member or you're talking about you know. Fantastic Four and the death that happened this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It wasn't even six thirty in the morning, and Marta says, "Did you hear that beep died?" I'm like, "Jesus!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but like you, it's you know what? Six thirty, and you've spoiled this for me. Honey. You know, it's yeah. funny. This uh, uh, of buying it, but you spoiled it for this, me. This uh, this for some reason this occurrence, and maybe it's just the passage of time. I found myself reacting a lot differently than I have in the past, say, like with like Cap or something, mm-hmm. in that I guess I just have come to accept begrudgingly that we're in a society matter. and an industry that, that that's just kind of par for the course. I guess what yeah. I'm trying to say is spoilers as a concept just don't really frazzle me anymore because yeah. I just uh, I, I think you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And I think other, unless you want to completely disconnect from the internets, um, you have to accept that that's kind of part of part of the course. You can lament it and wish it wasn't, but I just, I just, it's just there now, so it doesn't really bother me because I just, what, I, right, I just can't, right. I can't see how you can avoid them. So I don't. Know. See, funny, I don't, I don't know. Seriously, before six thirty in the morning, my wife had told me who it was. Mm-hmm. I get to work, and before. 11 o'clock that morning, I had at least four people at work either walk into my office or or see me in the office, like going to the water cooler or whatever, that commented mm-hmm. on it. So the right. PR machine is is did their job because it right. got out there and everyone was, was aware of it as far as I know. But what's funny is my usual comeback to them was, oh, yeah, you remember when Captain America died? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's back. And they're like, really? Yeah. So, but see, so the way Steve Everything drew drew both the death of Cap and the death of Beep. I think Drew should be in quotes. Oh, uh, oh. but, but uh, no. See, normally I would be ticked to to encounter a spoiler about this issue, and I did encounter a spoiler. And I'm not going to call the person out. It doesn't really matter because it was it was no it was it was an innocent mistake. That's cool. I don't. I, it didn't. But that's the thing. It did not no, bother me, and it, and it should bother me because Fantastic Four is my team. They've always been my team. That's my book. It's my that's my Marvel right there. Did it and surprise I, anyone? I, it's the least I, consequential person on but the team. No, no, no. See, you don't, don't. And and yeah, now but, you're spoil but, it. but the thing is, <laughs> it didn't bother me a bit, and I think that speaks a lot to the book, the current state of the book. And I or and I, by current, I don't mean Hickman. I mean since. Probably Mark Wade left. Well, it's no. interesting, though, because the one thing I will say about that, and it probably got uh, lost in the audio shenanigans last week, um, Fantastic Four was right behind the winner for Best Marvel Book among our, our listenership, which is not a predominantly Marvel-centric listenership. I mean, so, uh, and I listened to a number of other podcasts and, and stuff that did year-end awards, and uh, I would say almost to a show... Fantastic Four was, you know, at or near the top of their favorite books of the year. So well, that, that's I, cool. Kind of, yeah, I kind of get the feeling we're not necessarily in sync, emphatical right. with some of the other people out there. And these are a lot of people that don't typically consider themselves uh, Fantastic Four. You know, people that read it read it 
throughout history, but people that kind of come and go with it. And it seems like a lot of people that are of that ilk seem to really be enjoying what's going on. But it strikes me that the people that have been reading it through good and through bad for 30, 40 years aren't as keen on what's going on. So right. maybe there's some correlation there. I don't know. Did Did you guys ever get into Ultimate Fantastic Four? When it yeah. First yeah. Went, when I, it was first I, out. I, yeah. I, I really mm-hmm. liked that series. It was... You know, it fell into the into the the trap that most of the Ultimate books did. But you know, it's such a good concept. And did you watch the the Fantastic Four cartoon from what two three um, years ago? I, I saw a few episodes Ooh. of it. The spray painted four on Thing's chest. Oh, yeah, yeah, Christopher. I I, I like some of that, mm-hmm. oh, but it was just Christ. it was just but it was just more from the from the hey, fun. Fantastic Four cartoon. Cool. <laughs> well, it was more. It was more from the you know the fun sci-fi aspect of it. It's like you know, let's take a ship to the center of the Earth and and yeah, you know, and fight, that, fight the mole man. It's isn't still, that what the Fantastic Four should be? Yeah, exactly. I still love the basic core concept of those characters, and and we we've beat this horse to right. death. Right, but, but I mean, but, we do we do have to touch base. Mm-hmm. But and getting back to that cartoon, the reason why I mean the the, the uh, the crux of the cartoon was sound, mm-hmm. but if the visuals don't match the writing, <laughs> for me, then I can't really assess my appreciation of the writing because it's not a complete package. Well, did anyone this, read the issue in, in question yet? Because yeah, I haven't. I did. No. I did. Okay. I, I asked because the I just checked it uh, an hour or two before we started recording, and uh, on iFanboy, where you know people can vote for their pick of the week. Um, when I checked to cast my vote for my pick, fifty-six um, percent of their of their uh, of their fa- votes cast picked that issue as their pick of the week. And that's bogus because, in my opinion, and this is going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It was no worse or better written than any of any other of, of uh, Hickman's Fantastic Four issues. There was nothing strikingly different about this issue. It was it was well written, but it wasn't. Amazingly so, it was it was comp it was good. I yeah, mean, it, it wasn't great. Liked it. Yeah, but I mean, the, and I don't know. I but I don't want to beat that horse to death. It's just when 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 what I'm looking at does not match in quality the the, the storytelling, then I, I'm shot. I, I can't appreciate it. And and mm-hmm. it started off great with with Eagle Sham. Wow. I mean, if you go back and listen to the the episodes, I was all on board. I was loving it and and just eating it all up. And then we had a bunch of fill in artists and and then and then Epting. And it's just it's just it's it's. Hey Vince, what did you think of? Uh, I mean, are you generally a George Perez fan or no? Yeah, I like okay. his run. Yeah, okay. I think his run's really good. Yep. No, yeah, what I just mean as an artist in general, just because. Oh, sure. When I when we talk about things, I think it's fair to say that um, you. The only time I, I feel that you really disconnect from the art is when something is very straightforward. You know, like just very by the by the numbers. Right. You know, I, I, I usually quote unquote traditional comic book superhero yeah, art. Yeah. Um. And and obviously Perez is probably on a lot of a lot of people's people who like the the classic traditional look i would right. say perez per per the thread in our forums this week would be at the near the top of that pantheon so when i was reading that thread this week i thought yeah, i wonder what vince thinks of perez is he not so much a fan or no i'm a i wouldn't say i'm a rabid fan i mm-hmm. i'm i'm more in the uh appreciation him, but category yeah over the years he has i've warmed up to him right but as an illustrator whenever i look at his work 
I, I, it always strikes me uh, the amount of time he must have put yeah, into those drawings. And, sure. and to, and I think a lot of it is superfluous. Like, like, and this is my standard George Perez dig. You don't need to draw every hair in the Scarlet Witch's head. Like the Busick Perez run, way, uh, what was it? Uh, the la, the, the volume two of the Avengers, right? Or was it volume three? I don't know. Three, but, I think. Yeah. but when, when he had her in the, in the traditional gypsy costume and every hair in her hair, was rendered and that's like George I know you're good you know you're good everybody knows you're good you know you don't have to draw every freaking hair mm -hmm. but I mean there are people that really appreciate that and more power to George that he can still be churning out that intense level of yeah. of rendering at uh, this far into the game I mean he's I mean he's not an old fart but he's not young either and he's still yeah. he's still as solid as he ever was well, you know but, he's got some eye issues right now right Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, hopefully... Guy, yeah. You can't tell, you know, by looking no, at his, no, his work. Sure. So, yeah. good for him. Yeah, I, not to rag on Epting. I don't, I don't know. I just was very disappointed. And it's one of those cases where I think it's time to pack it in with the book. I'm, I'm really... I'm, I'm, well, they are, effectively. They are. I mean, no, I mean me. I mean, I'm not, I don't oh, think okay. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty positive I'm not going to follow this wherever it goes. Okay. I, 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 well, I just, the great thing about comics is that it'll be it'll be there for you if you ever want to come back. Yeah, to it. yeah, and and that's what I said on the forum today, uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com dot com forward slash forum. Join us, please. That I the the five hundred I must have like five hundred or so issues that that I own. They're not going to go away. So if I want to go back and read Burns Run or Simonson or or Mister Wade or go to the source and read Kirby's Run, then I, they're there for me to do it. So, absolutely, yeah. It's just it just sucks that you know. Part of it bothered me that I did not feel the enthusiasm that everybody mm -hmm. was feeling, and and I should, but I I don't. So, but anyway, okay, let's let's do some a, a bazillion comics out there to be excited about. Yeah, and let's talk about some of them. Enough of this. Ooh, let's. I know we could talk about Tarot, which of the Black Rose that I bought oh, today. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I Jesus. bought it, and uh, yeah, I did. It's odd. No, I'm not going to. Well, that's right. It is a new year. We haven't reached our tarot allotment for 2011 yet. <laughs> it's really we went strange. Went a little over in 2010. Tell you what, I enjoyed it more than the Fantastic Four issue. Wow. Uh, well, I really did. I feel I did. fairly confident saying that is a minority opinion. I'm imagining. And and oddly enough, you know, whenever we someone says tarot, what do you think of naked women? Right. This is strange issue because there's not fence, one fence, nip fence. Huh. I have a haunted vagina. You do, but there's not one nipple in this entire issue. It's just it's <laughs> dressed. Like no, it's dressed <laughs> women. So I mean, you so see what you will. Kids. No, it still says it still <laughs> says. for the youngins. It's still a mature reader's title. So it's it's uh, it's so it's basically a a book that removes the one thing that people buy the book for. No, well, I, I, I think you're... Here I am saying, but Vince, there's so many other comics that we can celebrate and talk about, and he brings up the one Seriously, you got to love Vince, right? The other three of us are just going to wham You open the door, and he throws out tarot. <laughs> Look at tarot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I love everything. Well, mostly yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, you may Okay. Now, um... Enlighten me, anyone who knows what this flashpoint thing is, because uh, I read something today oh, that had, flash, flash that, yeah, fla that has piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. This this well, 
No, Emperor Aquaman? Yeah, it written, written by Tony. But where did you see previews of this? Well, they've been doing the the whole um, thing. What is? Yeah, like like Marvel and DC have been doing. DC's been doing the teaser images a little like they were posting um, little turns of phrase, and you were trying to guess who which heroes they were speaking of, and then they revealed them, and it was clear from those that that whatever the story is is going to involve some kind of alternate reality, whether it be you want to call it Elseworlds or few, it, it, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that we know for sure what it's going to be, except for the fact that it's a, 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 a DC universe that's different than the one we're familiar with where, where different things ah, happen. Um, that's, that's cool. But when I read the writer associated with the three issue miniseries, Tony Bedard, I was like, okay, that's right, baby. I'm not familiar with the artist and I can't remember his name, but, uh, uh yeah, I don't know who is who is doing there. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was someone on on our forum uh, posted it, but I'll tell you, the goodwill that that Aquaman sort of Atlantis series has instilled in me for the character, I think, and and you know this is just me uh, w- with the hyperbole. I think that Busick and Juice series, uh, or Geis, however you want to pronounce it, uh, I think really that's probably the best take on Aquaman. Have have any of you read it? And I think that was the problem with the title. Mm. Super solid book, and not a lot of people read it. I liked Will's Will Pfeiffer's Aquaman. I thought yes, good. that was good too. But there was something uh, right. Uh, David, you can't knock you had, Will. You had, post, you had posted. Uh, yeah, I think in some of my favorite covers from the Aquaman the Fortune miniseries, which I loved back in the day. Uh, yeah, with, with the blue and white, the, yeah. the water. Mm. Yeah, with the P. Craig. Uh, with the right. Yeah. Craig Russell artwork uh, and Craig right. Hamilton. Yeah, I, I may still have those issues around here somewhere. I think the the pulp angle is the right way to approach Aquaman. I don't know. Tom may feel differently, but uh, Busick just instilled that book with a pulpy, uh, just like a Doc Savage air to it. And then when Sean McManus came on the art, oh man, it was just like mm-hmm. a, a win-win situation. You had Jackson uh, Geist Juice or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, and Sean McManus, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It, it was excellent. And then what did it last? 50 issues? Uh, yeah, around that, right? 50, that's, 58 that's, that's, around there. That's a that, 50 issues long run. Right, but it wasn't always Sword of Atlantis. It started off as Aquaman, but I think it's the the Sword of Atlantis started around issue 40, 30, 37, right around the, what was it, the year one thing that they were doing. And I just thought it was a great take on the character. But whenever someone says Aquaman, that's what I think of. And the it just makes me excited for further Aquaman projects. And since it's only a three-issue miniseries, it's not going to break the bank, so I may check that one out. Oh, his name is Ardian Saif. Ooh, that's the art. That's the artist, right? Ardian yeah, Saif. And there so have been not, okay, no. Yeah, you had me confused when you said Tony Bedard. You're talking about a a uh, a mini series that's tied right, in three issues. Yeah. Yes. Aquaman. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I knew nothing about. Eager that to see what that uh, how that is when it comes out because I will buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony and Bedard can do no wrong for me these days. Hell yeah. Negation. Come on. Uh, yeah, although I've said these days, but yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> yes. All right. So what what has been um, 
uh, lighting a fire under your, your burner this week? Dude, it came out last year, and had I read it before 2011, it would have definitely had a place at the table during the 11 o'clock Oscars. I know what it is. From Amulet Books, which is a division of uh, Abrams, by a man not trained as a comic book artist, but rather a high-level mathematician in the homage to some of my favorite books as a kid that weren't comic books comes a graphic novel called Meanwhile. Yep. Which was uh, created by Jason Shiga, who, uh, as I alluded, is uh, actually went to UC Berkeley, uh, has a degree in pure mathematics, and he's been creating comics for probably about a decade, I'd say, right, Vince? It's, it's about, mm. He's been at it for a while now. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know he had a book a few years ago that was a big, big uh, indie darling. Um, I can't think of the book. Um, book Slayer? Book, uh, oh, God, I should know this. I should have looked Jeez. it up. But uh, but I, I don't. it came out three, four years ago. I know it won like, the Zero Award. It was nominated for an Eisner. Um so, but Shiga is a mathematician, and he loves to play with the idea of the form factor of comics, and he uses puzzles and uh, and different concepts in his in his storytelling that that go beyond the traditional, um, uh, you know, page by page linear progression of a book. And meanwhile, I would say is from everything I've gathered, his uh, crowning achievement is his piece de resistance. The it's a hardcover OGN, and the front of it says, uh, "Meanwhile, pick any path." Three thousand eight hundred fifty-six story possibilities. Truth. Uh, yep, it's awesome. So you, you when you open up the book, the first thing you'll notice is that it is not uh, traditional paper, but a very glossy, almost plastic uh, pages, and they do it that way because. The book is designed uh, like a choose-your-own-adventure, where you're going to be going back and forth uh, throughout That's the book, cool. going left and right. Awesome! Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, it's really it's it's amazing, and and the uh, apparently this is something he's been working on for a long time, well over a decade, and he ended up creating a five foot by five foot, um, uh, alg- uh, what's the word? Flowchart. Flowchart. Yeah, thank you. Flowchart. Uh, mapping out the complete story with all of the different uh, breakpoints, um, and he mapped it all out. And he used uh, he even talks about it a little bit in the intro that he uses this uh, this uh, this algorithm. He created a heuristic algorithm running for twelve hours on an SGI machine um, to finally figure out how to make it all fit together. And then he took the time, and it took years to figure out how to transfer that into a comic book uh, printed book form. And the way he does it is if you if you open up the book, you've got these different colored pages. And uh, and there's little tabs, and with the tabs are these little, uh, almost look like fish hooks, and they're they're directional hooks. And so as you're reading the story, as you go across the page, depending on what you, what path you choose, uh, it will the 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 line will carry you to the, uh, the appropriate tab. You'll just follow the line. You literally just follow the line, and then you go to the, to the tab where that line connects, and you turn to that page, and then you pick it up from there. Um, and what's awesome about it is it's not just like a choose-your-own-adventure where you would read it, it would give you a choice, and then you'd either turn to, say, page 18 or page 72, and it would just start anew. With some, what this does is in each page of the book, there are many different 
connected storylines that don't have anything to do with each other. So you may open up a page because you chose it, and you may end up reading four of the panels of 15 panels on the page because you're just following the linear progression. And then it may take you, based on your choice, to another page entirely, and you haven't even read or looked at the other panels on that page. You may come back to that page some other point in the story if you choose the right path, or you may never get back to that page. Um, and it's just it's it, the the mechanism of the of of what it must have taken to pull this off just boggles my mind. I mean, it's 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 I, honestly we say this a lot, but I mean it, it's like nothing I've ever seen uh, before. It's so yeah. unique. Um, this, the the artwork I, I'm not that familiar with Shiga prior to this. Uh, it's it's a very simple uh, art style. Um, very simple geometric shapes, not a tremendous amount of detail. Um, something you might find in somewhat of a fledgling web comic or, or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not to detract from the work, but it has a Sesame Street vibe to it. Absolutely, yes, yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, and again, as Vince says, not to, not to, not to make it sound like he's not a good cartoonist, but but I think to to the point of the book, the book isn't necessarily about the 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 visuals blowing you away, but more the the process and the visuals do the job and that they tell the story. Um, and it's basically about a, a young boy who, on the first page, you have to choose whether he's going to have chocolate or vanilla ice cream, um, which is a relatively ordinary choice. Uh, from there, though, if you if you choose one flavor, he has a relatively mundane end to the to the story in a few pages. If you choose the other flavor, um, he ends up uh, in a uh, a nutty professor's lab. Uh, and the professor has a bunch of inventions, uh, including something called the Kilotron, which, uh, with the press of a button, can destroy all of mankind. Uh, there is the Squid, which uh, is an invention that can help you transfer memories from one person to another. And then there's a time machine, but the time machine only lets you go back 10 minutes unless you have a secret code, in which case then you can go back much farther. And the problem with the, the time machine otherwise is that it takes about 10 minutes to warm up. So it's not a very effective time machine unless you figure out this secret code, which allows you to go anywhere and anywhere. Um, so I had heard about this book uh, from the Indie Spinner Act guys, who are big Jason Shiga fans, uh, and then had forgotten about it. This came out, I think, January of last year. Um, but then uh, in some of the best of lists that I'm fa- fond of perusing, uh, only one of them actually mentioned this. But when I saw it and then I had remembered the Indie Spinner Act guys praising it, I still have to check this out. Um, it's just an awesome read. I've read it uh, three times uh, in the last week and a half since I've gotten it, and with no preconceptions as to which path, I just kept choosing different paths depending and have had completely different story experiences in each of the reads. And I'm pretty sure I haven't gone through the quote-unquote optimal read yet because I think there's one there's one set of choices you can make that gets you to – uh, what Shiga says is the uh, the ultimate outcome. I don't know that I've gotten to that outcome yet, so I guess either I'm dumb or I just haven't figured it out yet. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it's such it's it's badass. It really is, and it's it's pretty it's it's a sixteen dollars uh, cover price. So you can get it for I think I paid eleven bucks on Amazon. Um, it's a nice hardcover, little bigger than a normal comic book in terms of the. Uh, the the dimensions and I don't actually know how many pages it is because like I said it's got these plastic pages with these tabs but honestly there are thousands of possible outcomes and it's just a lot of fun and it's so intelligently done um, so it's well well worth your time if if you're at all a fan of choose your own adventure this is such a nice uh, homage to that in fact on the back of the book it's got uh, endorsements from R A Montgomery and Edward Packard 
who are you know the uh, choose your own adventure uh, main authors. It's got uh, Scott McCloud, who you know McCloud knows. If there's anyone that knows the the uh, the art form and process of comics, it's McCloud, and he he raves about Shiga's work as well. So um, yeah. it was just terrific, man. I got to say, I I I don't know why I didn't read this when it first came out, but uh, wow, it's it's uh, it's it's unlike anything else that's that's been done in the, in the wow. medium. I have it on my shelf, but I've I've I haven't really cracked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, initially, my first impression was it, it's like Coltrane in comics, where it, initially it seems like this just blast of over saturation, like too much information, uh, just a mess of just stuff. But when you pull back and you see what's going on, it makes sense. There's an intelligence behind it, and like Coltrane, you're going to hear different things. The more you peruse it, did you get that, yeah, that feeling from it? Yeah, it just absolutely. seems like no. That's the thing, and it's it's not. Um, I, I do. Je- I'd love to talk to the guy. I, I'd love to see him at a con. I'm hoping maybe I don't know if he goes to Mocha or something like that. But I would love to uh, get a chance to sit down and chat with him because I get the sense that that uh, for him this was all about the 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 uh, the exercise of how to how to make. Uh, the, the concept of a of a uh, open ended um, uh, journey into a into a book form, right? Because right. this is something I could see being done like on a computer program or on a web on the web these days pretty easily. But to do this in a printed form and make it such a compact book, I mean that that it, I can see why it took him years. Because um, it, you know a lot of the old chooser and adventures would just there was really one way they wanted you to go. And if you made the other choice, it often just ended up in you dying, right? Or the mm-hmm. the book being over. He doesn't do it that way. I mean, there there are instances where you end up dying because you know if you use the Killatron wrong or something. But for the most part, he's bringing you <laughs> he's bringing you to you know the, whatever choice you make. There's a long story to be had. Um, and uh, right. and the fact that he can a couple times even in my three read throughs, I ended up re- realizing I was reading the same panels. But in the context of the story I was reading, there were, even though there were these little simple three, four grid panels, they were completely different in the context of the way I was reading at that time, right. which is it's awesome. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. really. Have any have any of you ever um, dabbled in programming? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. It, it's kind of like programming, uh, where you have to check lines of code against other lines of code and, yeah, and how yeah. little little nested chunks Good of analogy. code work with the code that surrounds them and how you know and it just keeps spiraling out and getting bigger and bigger it's like like a mandelbrot you know it's all got to work yeah i i'm going to read it or at least read it a couple times because jason was very excited about it and yeah well, i'd be infectious. curious especially you you of all people that you already owned it, it just, i have it yeah it, what's, uh, what's, it, the, just, what's the name again meanwhile Meanwhile, by Jason Shiga, S-H-I-G-A. Um, the reason I, I say, Vince, I'm curious about your take is because, again, just thinking about the way you, the things you most appreciate comics, um, I, this, I'm just curious what you think of it because, it, it, to me, I could see it wouldn't shock me if this wasn't your cup of tea, only because the art style isn't really experimental, which I know you get off of, but it's also very, it's not blow you away detailed the, right right the art style may not be experimental but if it was it would yeah. detract from the mechanics which is the real awe factor in that book right right so Although, he was smart to tone it down sure i don't yeah. yeah i'm just curious because i don't know that you're you don't strike me as someone that's too into like linear 
you know, or 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 that kind of. I mean, you know, it's a, it's just yeah. I'm just curious what you think of it. Anyway. My, my original major was uh, computer programming. And was it really physics, minor in <laughs> physics? <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah. Learn something every day. Yeah. Yeah. And and I got the most enjoyment out of drawing the flowcharts. To, to, to prove my prove my code, so I said way back, way back when I was in college. Ah, uh, you're all you're all fucked up. You're fucked yes. up. Uh, I guess it's a guess it's a blessing. <laughs> uh. All right, who's who's up? Well, let's hear some more love for this amazing medium. I don't, I don't know how well I sound, and since I know you that sound great, Chris, babe. Okay, pulse um, I know that Chris. I saw Chris tweet this last week or over the weekend, and I know he said. The, uh, show that uh, he doesn't I guess he didn't have a lot to, to talk about this week so I'm going to throw this out to him hopefully Jason read it or, or, or Vince it, it's, it took me completely by surprise I love the art I'm talking about the cape from Edge yeah did not read it okay I don't want to spoil it then uh, and the reason no, I, by all, I, I had no intention honestly I hadn't I mean, okay. I didn't I mean so the, I the art is awesome because it's it's um, it's Zach Howard. It's 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 gorgeous looking art. Uh, it's it's based That's on an a, idea by Joe yeah, Hill. Mm. Um, and and the reason it came up, I read it and then I saw Matt Burden's tweet because he uh, he mentioned reading it and uh, or I, I don't know how it came up and Chris, he asked Chris if he would and and Chris said yeah and and, and they both enjoyed it and how the ending surprised Matt and I was a little I was taken aback. A little bit, because I kind of saw the ending coming, and I wasn't yeah. real. I, it didn't. I, I, when you get to the last page, and you're like, you know, coming in 2011, the Cape, and I'm like, I think I might have gotten everything I needed by this one shot because I'm, I'm not a fan of slackers. So I kind of saw the the, both, the, the ending when um, when it came. I was like, I know where this is going, and and I just I wasn't. I it just it it threw me because I hadn't I didn't hear anybody talk about it before I read it really and then to see Matt and Chris talking about it online I was like all right so I don't know if it's I know Chris said he liked it Matt said he really liked well, it especially when it got to the end I I, I liked it doesn't mean that I loved it okay no and I I, I get that makes sense um, but did you just did you pick it up because you know Joe Hill's name was attached to exactly. it? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I'm. I'm. You guys. Oh, know Joe Hill. I'm, Joe Hill wrote it. Yes. It's based. No, he didn't. He, it's based on an idea he had. I don't want to say he actually wrote the issue. So is this tied into that new TV show? No. Think, no. 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 It's not tied into that show at all. Which is why. Oh, I, I thought it was. Which is why I had no interest no. in it. No. 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 It, no. It me. Jason, I, I think I think you would like this. Um, I just didn't pay the attention to it. I assumed it was a licensed thing yeah. with that tying into that team. No, it, yeah, and it's, I did written, it it's written by I'm Joe Hill. Like, wait. Yeah, it's written by Joe Hill. All right, okay. Yeah. No, uh, I'll, 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 I don't have it in front of me right now. It's, it's buried under a bunch of crap. So, I mean, I have yeah. I, I read it and put it down. So I didn't, I just, I'm just i kind of running with what I remember from it. I wasn't going to. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil it because I'd like Jason to read it with, with fresh eyes. Um, how, you you want to do that maybe, David? Have him read it, and maybe we'll come back and talk we'll come about back it next to, week. Okay, that's cool. 
But, you know, because if we're going to discuss it, it gives away a, it gives away a, a huge plot point. If we're uh, gonna, you, you guys uh, are both right, by the way. Um, huh. David was just trying to be uh, polite, I think, to Chris. But uh, oh. Joe Hill wrote a short story called The Cape that uh, the comic uh, is adapted uh, to. Uh, the, the writer of the comic is a guy named Jason uh, Chiarmella. That was it. it. Yeah. Oh, comic. David, you are – okay. Well, thank you. Thank, you for, thank you for not uh, making me sound like an ass, David. <laughs> oh that's cool see yeah well there you go see it, it we talk about previews and i read it and and even with the fact that i devour previews like a bible um and i love joe hill lock and key's awesome uh in fact i just read the third uh volume of the of lock and key uh this week but um i just uh i i for some reason i guess the zeitgeist of seeing that name the cape thought and it's idw thought okay uh uh you know, oh, is, the is the cape, is the cape is, already canceled? Is it IDW? Or is it oh, is it or or image? Yeah, wherever I saw it, I, I just it's I thought IDW. It's IDW. it is IDW. Oh, yeah. is it? Okay, all right. Yeah, I uh, I just thought okay, licensed. It's it's part of that TV show. I don't know if sure. I'm even going to like that TV show. So, but uh, yeah, as I'm reading it here online, yeah, it's nothing to do with that. So no, it's, and, that. and I mean, as far as a TV show, I'm not offended by it. It's it's you know. I watch it after I watch Avengers Earth Minus Heroes and every and V and anything else that I have recorded, then I'll get to it. Uh but when I I got to the first couple pages of the cave, I'm like, this has absolutely nothing to do <laughs> he go Oh away? we lost him. Oh, um, oh boy. <laughs> bad weather out east. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I need to get him back because I want to make him squeal. Oh yeah, because one of the th- things that I'm going to talk about is going to make him get all voicemail number two. Yeah, all wet in the dumper. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Yeah, go to voicemail and cue the voicemail. Cut to commercial. Hi, this is Shay calling in reference to the Summit House uh, reservation for Christmas dinner. We're going to be all full that day or <laughs> the dinner, but if you'd like to reschedule for the day, uh, we could definitely do that. Um, you can just give us a call back. Thank you. Yes, I've switched to the vodka and clamato now. No, I'm gonna boot. <laughs> <laughs> is that in honor of? Uh, is that your way of tipping your cap to Tom Caters and his and his team's victorious uh, triumph over your team? No, fuck them. Oh, jeez, oh, not bitter much. Th- this this is this is this is what I've been reduced to in the Super Bowl. I either get to root for my most hated rival or a fucking serial rapist. Yeah, oh, jeez, <laughs> pull back, pull back. Be for me. Guess who's going to the curling club on February second? Yeah, you need your hair done. Oh, <laughs> it's David. No, congratulations, Tom. <laughs> Begrudgingly, I, I wish your team luck. I won't be watching. Oh, oh well. But you're still going to party, though, aren't you? Like it's 1999. Yeah. That, no, right. no, actually, I'm. I'm so. I'm so. Um, depressed about it i'm i'm real i'm i have no interest in the super bowl this year it's i i was like that i was like that the year that we lost to uh tampa bay and then tampa bay ended up winning the super bowl i I was uh of all the of all the years that the eagles were in the nfc championship game that was the one year where i was so crushed because we were such the better team and we just fucking um floundered i i uh i had real i had real troubles yeah did who did the did the who did the Bears beat in 2006? I'm, gonna, I'm to so going to cut you the, off. The Super Bowl. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 circle back to this on the forums. 
Let's be honest. Ninety-eight percent of the people listening want to hear us recap fantasy. Their, their eyes just roll back in their head. Yeah. And well, I'm going to make a nice chunk of the listeners' eyes roll back too with what I'm about to talk about. David, yes, sir. I got some for you. You're going to be squealing. I want to squeal. I read in a specially designed, custom-bound volume, probably one of my favorite runs ever of all time. Okay. <laughs> wait. We're waiting. <laughs> the, Play it, it, on us. it it came out in two thousand and one, two months after the terrible, terrible uh-huh. uh, incident uh, on nine eleven. Um, it lasted thirty issues, although the last the last handful, the owner of the property decided to pull it out of previews. The most of the run was solicited through previews, and the companion book for its entire run was solicited through previews. But the owner at one point said, "F this, I'm taking the book out of, of previews for whatever reason. I don't know exactly why he did it, but uh, 30 issues of some of the best comics that I have ever read, and unfortunately, because the owner of the property has recently sold it as of 2009." It's probably the last. Oh, I know what it is. It's probably the last run we'll ever see for featuring these characters. The can last, I guess you can. Turtles. Yep. Nice. Teenage oh. Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume Four. Oh. Written, lettered, inked, and toned by Peter Laird, the owner of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because he bought out Eastman yeah. uh, a couple years uh, previous owner to doing. Owner and co-creator. Right. Uh, layouts and pencils by the great Jim Lawson. Yeah. Inking assist by Eric Talbot. Uh-huh. Cover paintings by Michael Dooney. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. And uh, production assistance by Dan Berger, the dude behind Gutwallow. Ever uh-huh. read, read Gutwallow? Yeah. I'll tell you, this run is some, it's fantastic. And it's, it's, it's so unlike any other incarnation of the turtles before the closest thing i can uh, i could compare it to is the first run the original run when uh, eastman and laird were doing it because as i said before uh laird does some of that wonderful craft tint paper the uh the uh toning that was so prevalent in the in the first run the the entire run of this has that the grayscaling with with the the craft tint paper it's awesome uh, and I think the, the book's biggest strength is also its, uh, largest detriment to finding an audience because f- it's 30 issues. Like I said, I only read 18 for this show, one to 18, but every issue compounds upon the one before it. There's really nowhere to break these things up into trades if he had to. It was never reprinted. The only way you're going to read this is to buy, uh, search out the back issues on places like My Comic Shop or, you know, um, your local comic shop or eBay or download it. That's the only way you're going to read this because I doubt this will ever be collected in any form. Hmm. But it's know, spe- it- speak- Speaking of Turtles collections, that was what my biggest miss of the last couple of years is when they, what, collected? Uh, you and me first, both, yeah, brother. Yeah. The first yeah. 12 issues yeah. and it, it came 11. out and then it was out of print and you can't find it anymore. Right, yeah, 2009 that was published, uh, and it contains the first 11 issues, all four of the Turtles miniseries, and yeah. the, the first issue of uh, 
Well, I'll save it for later because that character's in here. Fugitoid? Yes! <laughs> the Professor Honeycutt, the Fugitoid, is in this friggin' series. I still, I think I have, I may have Fugitoid. I, I usually keep it within, within reaching distance. Do you have, have the Cerebus uh, issue somewhere around here? Do you have the Gizmo? Gizmo. No? Yeah, Fugitoid, Gizmo, and the, and the, and the Fugitoid. It, it was the, well, it's the one, it's the one oversized issue. You know what I'm talking uh, about. Well, yeah, the, they were. Yeah, they were larger back then. But anyway, let me get into this because it's awesome and it's 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 groundbreaking. It's landmark and it oh, changes goodness. it changes the friggin' turtles forever. And it's sad because the print run on these things maybe initially in two thousand and one when it first started coming out maybe he was getting good numbers, but towards the end I doubt very highly that he was selling more than like. 3,000 uh, an issue, maybe even less than that, because for issues 29 and 30, you had to order them right from Mirage. He only printed enough to sell through Mirage, and they were 10 bucks an issue, but it, to to his credit, they're, 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 they're oversized issues. They're not 22 pages. They're like 38, sometimes 40, or a little more, and those two issues that he sent out, he would draw in them. Nice. And and autogra- so you just didn't get a regular well, comic. You got a Peter Laird drawing and a signature along with you know a great comic. But anyway, it starts on the moon. That's how big the story is. And uh, you see this this hulking automaton jumping around the moon surface, and he's surveying the the remains of the Apollo landing, and comes upon this huge. Work in progress. It's a, it, it looks like a city being built on the surface of the moon and this, this mechanized being, I don't want, I don't want to let it, let it out yet, is conferring with this other exoskeleton robot type thing, but nestled in the belly of the robot is a, one of the Utrams. Do you know what an Utram is? Any of you guys ever see the original Turtles cartoon? Yeah, sure. Remember Krang? The the little brain like blob yeah, sure, creature with the tentacles. Well that's what the, see there's a there's it gets very confusing because Krang was not an a neutron, but that's what they look like. These okay. creatures, these utrons, they're basketball sized, brain like creatures with tentacles and big toothy mouths and they're very smart and they're building this installation. What it actually is, it's a teleporter. Capable of of jet of transporting life forms and inorganic material across vast distances, so they build it on the moon and bring it to Earth as like a peace offering. What it does essentially is it jumpstarts humanity into a new age, because with this they plunk it right down in the Hudson River and they they walk out. It's like Dave the Earth stood still. They walk out of their ship. And it's really cool the way they do it because the little uh, Utram comes out of the ship and he's basically like Krang. He has like a brain type thing in a mechanized body, but it's just two legs and he trips. Right before he's about to address mankind, he trips and falls and a human being goes over and picks him up. So it kind of breaks the ice. He gets a little bit of sympathy because, hey, are these aliens friendly? Are they going to destroy us? What's the deal here, right? Is that a, you know, it could have been a military installation for any, the way anyone knew. But so they, they jumpstart humanity because this thing's a transporter. All these aliens from around the universe come to Earth to visit, to share their technology, their, their, their information, their culture. And because of that, the turtles, 
who have lived in the sewer forever get to mingle with humanity. They finally get to, to come out of the confines of the Manhattan sewer system, the shadows, and mingle with humanity because everyone thinks they're aliens, but they're not. So nice. it's like hide in plain sight. It's a really neat premise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, when this book starts, they shouldn't have, I, I, There's a reason why I think Laird called it TMNT because they're really not teenagers anymore. They're in their 30s. Right. Uh, yeah, and that kind of sets the tone for the series. It's not... I mean, the Turtles was never really lighthearted, but this is more of a no. an, more of an examination of who these turtles are, because something happens in the sixth issue that that really changes them forever. And I was totally stunned when I read it. I think it's issue six. Anyway, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of stuff going on in this in this series. April O'Neil is married to Casey Jones. Yeah, and and, <laughs> okay, and and they're and they're having trouble conceiving the child they so desperately huh. want, and and April's going to doctors to find out, you know, what's the deal? Why can't I have babies? Um, Master Splinter lives sequestered in a Northampton, Massachusetts farmhouse with <laughs> his with his surrogate granddaughter, Casey Jones's adopted daughter, Shadow. Oh, okay. Yeah, Casey Jones was married previously to a woman named Gabrielle, and she died in childbirth. So Casey Jones took the child and raised her with Master Splinter. Um, Mike is injured during a battle with this group of xenophobic humans called the Manhattan Militia, and he's taken to this ultra-secret ultra hospital for non-humans, aliens, and supertypes. You know what Laird named the hospital? The oh, Kurtzberg wow. Memorial Hospital. Oh. How about <laughs> that? You're just caressing my heart. And uh, you have this expedition of Fordian researchers in, the, uh, in Venezuela looking for dinosaurs, and they encounter this huge tree-like alien named Gliminal, and he, he has this portable transportation device, and he essentially kidnaps these humans uh mistress karai and the foot clan are hired by the utrams as their security force and it it goes on and on and on but there's there's one section in the sewer right when the aliens land and they start revealing their plans uh mike and Raphael are in the sewer and they encounter that robot that was jumping around on the moon and they start throwing down and 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 you know they're ready for battle because they're the turtles turns out to be the fugitoid he can shapeshift and he, awesome. and he and he got lost. So and I mean, Fugitoid's a big part of of this series. But the thing that that I alluded to was, and I'm going to spoil it because, like I said, it, it sets the tone for every issue that comes after it. It happens around issue six or seven, and this thing lasted thirty issues. So you figure that's a nice chunk uh, after the repercussions. Master Splinter. He dies. No. And oh, very, very unceremoniously. I'm out. He no, no, no. He's making tea. And oh. uh it was really neat the way Laird did it. Uh Master Splinter has a bird feeder in the backyard. He's making tea and he's looking out at his bird feeder and the bird comes and he has a pet cat. And and the cat's looking up at the bird, you know, as cats would do, and and it's kind of weird because you have a giant rat who has a pet cat, but kind of like Stuart Little uh only in reverse. But so it's a neat framing sequence because when Master Splinter just it, apparently he just takes a heart attack and dies, and there's something lurking in the shadows of the room. I won't say you got to read it yourself. You see the cat outside walk by, and it's got the bird in its mouth. It's really neatly done. 
it, it was a nice little little device that Laird used. But yeah, so Master Splinter dies unexpectedly, and what do the turtles do? They they kind of drift apart. Um, they find their own way. Mike becomes a translocation reorientation facilitator, which is a fancy way of saying he's an alien tour guide. We have this huge influx of um, aliens, and they're on our planet for the first time. Who do you get to show them around? A human? Mm, the transition wouldn't be so great, so they got this Mike, who was essentially living on the planet forever, knows the planet, and so that's a little less of a culture shock for them. Um, Don be accompanies an old Utram fact-finding expedition back to Venezuela to find out why these friggin' dinosaurs are are decimating this the Utrams. Leonardo teams up with Karai and the Foot Clan and hoping to to get to the bottom of this rash of assassination attempts by a carbon copy killer from what seems to be an alternate timeline. And Raphael, always the loner, this is this was the weird part. Gets bitten by freaking vampires. And, mut okay. and, and, and mutates even further into this gigantic, spiky, mindless, bestial turtle that lives in the sewer. It's crazy, but everything is connected. And that, that's the part that I think where it was kind of hard for a new reader to jump in. Everything's connected to that mutagen, that original mutagen that transformed the turtles. All of this hinges on that. It's nuts. I mean, you could tell Laird from the get-go had this shit planned out because... I mean, if he did make it up as he went along, the guy is really good. I mean, you, you had, you know, the, these tree beings in, in the, in the Venezuelan forest that were mutated by the same mutagen that transformed the turtles. The dinosaurs were touched by the mutagen. The reason why the Utrams crash landed on the planet in the first place was the, the mutagen. It's nuts. It's crazy. You gotta read it, but it's not gonna be an easy task. And I was thinking, well, should I talk about this? Because usually we like to bring up books that are easily accessible. If somebody can just go out tomorrow and round them up and enjoy in the, the same, in, you know, experience the same things we are. It's going to be tough, but it's worth the effort. It took me forever to finally get issue 25. Mm -hmm. I got issue 26 directly from the artist, Jim Lawson. I one, 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 one day out of the blue, I, I, I sent him an email. I said, Jim, I am having a hell of a time finding issue 25 and 26. Can you help me out? Are there any scattered around the Mirage <laughs> offers? And he sent me a, an email back. Send me your address. I'll send you a copy. I'll send you oh, a thing. Yeah. He said, we don't have them for sale. Because even Mirage didn't have them for sale. He sent me an email and said, I'll hook you up. Just send me your, give me your address. Where are you going to find that? That's, that's pretty cool, cool yeah. And yeah. see, that's the thing about the artwork. Jim Lawson, I mean, I see a lot of Jack Kirby in Jim Lawson. Uh, what he lacks in finesse, he's no P. Craig Russell, and he shouldn't be. Uh, mm -hmm. But he more than makes up in inventiveness, brilliant character design. The the uh, Gliminal, the tree people, the, the design is awesome. And this chunky, densely packed sequential art like it's not two or three panels per page there are some pages that have maybe like 11 panels this is dense storytelling it's it, these books are packed and uh lawson is i like him i like this laird and lawson as much as eastman and laird wow wow yeah, it, the action's just balls wow. out it's great oh really um and uh, you, you could tell it was a labor of love by everyone involved because there's a letter. 
There's a letters page in every issue, and I shouldn't say page. They use the Turtle Tracks um, name for it, and the letters section is like sometimes six pages long, mm-hmm. and it's it's all little tiny six-point type, and Laird is extremely candid. If somebody sent him a letter saying, you know, I think you're nuts with the way this story's gone, he would just reply flat out, well, it's not your place to call me nuts. These are my characters. I'll do what I want with them. He's he's awesome. It. Yeah, Love it's it. great. And they'd say like, you know, uh, I think Lawson's art sucks. And <laughs> in, no, in many instances, um, Laird would step up and defend Lawson, and rightly so, because the man's really good. But in closing, I don't want to take too much time because I can talk about this forever. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume Four. Seek it out. It's so worth it. I, I the feeling. When I finally completed this run, oh, it, it was—I can't explain it. it. It was such a wonderful feeling to know that I, that I have this entire series because I think it's it's one of the best, one of the absolute best from awesome. from a mainstay, an indie comics mainstay. I don't know what's going to happen now. Do you know how much he sold the Turtles franchise to Viacom for? What was the? Yeah, the, we well we. I mean, I knew at the time. Um, Offhand, I forget now. It was like sixty million, right? Sixty million dollars. Yeah. More than I'll ever make in my life. But the thing, the thing was like Mirage just closed. Like, where are all these artists working? But I like to think that. Come on, let's be honest. Laird was set up pretty well before this, with the success of the movies and the toys yeah, and everything. Absolutely. I like to think he took care of his own, and with some of that sixty, he took care of Lawson and 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 Dooney and Tal. But I, I'm. I can't. I don't know. Joey would know because he he seems to have an inside to Mirage or what what was Mirage. But I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure uh, Laird took care of him. But uh, all right, bonus questions, and then I'll move on. We'll see who gets this. If you, whoever gets it correct gets a big old hug next time I see him. Okay. Match <laughs> the match the turtle with their weapon type and their cartoon bandana color because you know in the oh, comics. Right. Like, Come on, it's easy. Uh, Raphael, Psy, Red. Hey, very good. You got one. Donatello, Bostaff, Blue. No, you're close. Ah. No, you're close. You're in the right. You're on the right side of the color wheel. Oh, really? Yes, purple, purple. Okay. Um. uh, Leonardo. Leonardo. Katana. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Yellow. yellow. <laughs> no, there was no yellow. Was there blue? was no yellow. Uh, yes, he was blue. He was blue. And come on, so now you got Michelangelo. And, and Michelangelo with the nunchucks. Nunchucks. Yep. Oh, shit. Uh, Same side of the week. Yes, orange. orange. You got it. Okay. Chris, I'm very impressed. With a little help from David. Well, Yay, we get hugs. Yay, yeah, y'all get I hugs. Mean, what okay, the hell? We, we get, you, whenever, you, uh, whenever you mix the 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 color in there then then you come to the divide of mm-hmm. who who watched the cartoon <laughs> introduction yeah. and who read the black and white comic as their introduction and yeah. i'm yeah i'm all about the all about the comics yeah cuz so. that that's always a trick question what color bandanas did the turtles wear in the comic and they all wore red well, black and white, but they were supposed to be red. <laughs> yeah, the colors. Yeah, yeah. I love the turtles. It, it's one of those wayback machines. Whenever I read a turtles comic, I'm 20 again. Yeah, I, I, I have. You guys know that I will. I will fall 
into the side of hyperbole on a lot of things. Um, no. Yeah, it, does, <laughs> it, does, it does happen. And well played, I got, Jason. I got ridiculed pretty hard on, on an AC episode uh, for saying that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one was the most important comic of the 1980s. It was. You're right. I... I really think so i i think it it you look at the ripple effects of what that exactly comic did for you know not just not just black and white comics but indie comics and licensed properties and hey man they've you know sold that thing for a lot of a lot of cash so as you got ripped so. for that it's uh that's not an i don't think that's an ostentatious thing to say no i don't either yeah. Well, no, consider his co-hosts. Come on, that's true. <laughs> you know, you won't have Big Burly Sal admitting to you know anything with the turtles. Sal's looking forward to seeing you guys here in March. He yeah, me be. too. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting we're getting ready for it. Gonna be fun. Yeah. Dude, and for only five hundred bucks, you can hang out and have dinner at <laughs> dinner with Joe Q and CB <laughs> and Marvels. Yeah. Who else is gonna be there? I don't remember. It's Joe that's, Q, that's, CB, and somebody else. Bendis? Is it is it Brevoort? <laughs> no. Oh, it might be Bendis. Is it Bendis? Yeah, it is Bendis, right? Are they are they are they uh, what eating at uh, uh, Topo Bumpa? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Five hundred dollars. I mean, that's uh, it's not that's too. That's a lot of scratch, man. He said, "Yeah, it's 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 a pricey dinner, but I mean, the, the company makes up for it or something like that." It was. A uh, I was thinking about it. It's only eight people, right? You can pay like up to eight people can do it. And I was thinking like. Even if the loot isn't a big deal to someone, like isn't it kind of screaming awkwardness, right? Like it could be, it could be. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you, yeah. you, because you're you're paying five hundred bucks, so you're expecting that you're going to have. You're not getting a long time with them. I mean, right? It's eight of you. Do you want a long time? You. And well, if you're paying that, yeah, I mean, I'm saying if you're yeah. if you're if you're prone to doing this, and then it's like, are you? How many of those eight are are doing this because they think it's their one chance to pitch their idea? Mm. So if you're just like a dude that would just like want to meet, like it's got like so I like if you're the three of them that are green, like aren't you are you preparing yourself, stealing yourself to have a dinner where you're getting pitched, you know? Right? I mean, it's it just yeah, because uh, yeah, there's gonna be there's always gonna be one of those guys. Oh, I bet you for five hundred bucks with only eight spots, I bet you at least half of them are are viewing that five hundred dollars as a, as a business expense to sort of make their make their shot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is going to be wow. funny because it's probably going to be guys that are writers and they can't really listen to writing pitches <laughs> even if they wanted to. So be like, I'm picturing oh. like these guys getting rid of like the whole time trying to pitch them ideas and then just being like, um, yeah, well, <laughs> we uh, we really can't you know review script ideas and stuff, but thank it's interesting, <laughs> you know, like I don't yeah. know. Uh, it's an aside, nevertheless, but I just uh, yeah, just kind of found that interesting. I forgot two things. One of them will make David very happy. Uh, David, yes, sir. there's one scene in here uh, where Donatello has uh, he he uh, hid a, a very important secret from his brothers. He kept the remains of Baxter Stockman and hid him away in the sewers, but he's still alive. But he 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 walled him up in this area of the sewer for years and years and years. So it goes back to the first series, and Donatello kills him. No. Because he, he bec yeah, because he wouldn't help with April O'Neil. Uh, her she has she's infested with nanites. Her 
that's why she can't conceive kids because oh. way back in the first series when April um, had this skirmish with Baxter Stockman, he injected her with nanite. So this has been building since the very first series. But ah, in in the background of the room, there's a a mauler, a mouser, one of the little ro- robot mousers from the first oh. series. Yeah, come on. Oh. Yes. It's, I still it's, remember those little bastards. It's so good. But then, and then later on in in the book to combat the nanites in her bloodstream that are killing her, the Utrams invent nanites to go in and destroy the uh the nanites which were Utram nanites to begin with. But they pattern the nanites after the turtles fighting styles and they're little tiny turtle nanites in her bloodstream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's oh, so shit. cool. Read it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you got to download it because it, nobody's going to lose any money. I mean, there is no mirage anymore. So Just I did um I I liked it. I mean, I without reading anything turtles related in some time, I really enjoyed the computer animated TMNT that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, that movie's awesome. I yes. really really enjoyed it. Yes, that. I agree with you. That movie's fantastic. Okay. And I, I don't think it I don't think it tanked, but I didn't think it did as well as they wanted it to. No, definitely mm-hmm. not. Yeah, but there's a new one coming out in oh, cool. um yeah, I, I think the first half of 2012. Uh, um but they're cool. going they're going back to square one. They're they're starting all over. Uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love the turtles. But anyway, let's move on before we, we uh, reptile the reptiles. We reptile everybody out. I, I can do another another uh, flashback going back to the 80s. Are they oh. reptiles or are they amphibians? They're, They're reptiles. reptiles. Yeah, reptiles. reptiles. Okay. So I've been watching a, um, a lot of TV lately and uh, was flipping past, uh, is it uh, uh, Boomerang? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, stumbled upon one of my favorite, uh, cartoons from whenever I was growing up. And, uh, and I'm like, man, there's Beanie and Cecil. This is so, (laughs) so Kirby. Designs. I'm not a barbarian. I got Vistic of Fall Nights. Beanie and Cecil. That's nice. (laughs) And so, uh, and so I'm, 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 Wait until <laughs> he snorted. <laughs> you got a snort out of it. Thank I'm you. sorry. Go ahead. Come on. You're, you're not treating Chris with respect. I'm, that's, that's, I'm used to it. Make it clap. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, hung around for the uh, hung around for the uh, uh, the credits at the end and got to see names like Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby and Alex Toth. Yeah, oh, I know what you're going to say. Conway. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Thundar the Barbarian was yes. all about the comic books. Oh my God, how many guys that that are that are household comic book names? You are not uh, kidding, man. Every every I mean, but I loved that cartoon growing mm-hmm. up. It was yeah. so much fun. But uh, I went and uh, uh, read up on the uh, uh, the the history of of the show. Uh, Ukla the Mock. You know how. Uh, Ukul got his name. Oh Jesus! Uh, yes, but I for the I can't. Wow! I hate getting old. Steve Gerber was having dinner with Marty Pascal, 
and this is uh they're doing they're in the development phase for for thundar and coming off of the the star wars uh boom they uh, uh had had basically dictated more or less that that they wanted a wookiee like character in in the series and and gerber didn't really want to have anything to do with it wasn't in his <laughs> plan but uh but had to come up with this character and he's like well i i, I have no idea what to what to call this character and so they were uh they were having dinner uh in in los angeles near the uh near the um ucla campus and oh <laughs> funny it, <laughs> and they walked past a UCLA. I never spot. thought of that. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and Marty Pasco was like, well, "Why don't you call him Ukla?" Huh? And that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's how Ukla the Bot got his name. Nice. There you go. <laughs> so I thought was great. But yeah, I've been uh, yeah, I've been watching been watching some some uh, Thunder the Barbarian here of late. A question: mm-hmm. Is that on DVD? Um. As I found out via Wikipedia, so take it worth uh, a, a Which grain of salt. Um, Warner Brothers in September of 2010, so so here uh, just recently released Thundar the Barbarian, the complete series on DVD uh, via their Warner Archive collection. Oh, and so they're just, okay. they're just burns then. Yeah, that is yeah. a manufacture on demand release. Uh, still. Hey, if they're any good, so I mean, if they're good quality, so what? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yes, they uh, they are out there, and I don't know what the quality is. You know, it was only ran uh, for uh, uh, two seasons, a uh, total of twenty-one right. episodes. Which I I always I remember, I, you know, I always remember Thunder being around, and so it kind of shocked me that uh, um, that it only ran for for that many episodes. Right, but they packaged that with something else, didn't they? It was like a something something hour or something you know what i mean it wasn't i don't was thunder I ever, I, well i remember it you know around the the legion of uh um superheroes mm-hmm. era wow. you know that was oh god that was man saturday morning cartoons were awesome and yeah. i just you it, remember it, getting he, the tv guide the um oh. when they would do the saturday morning preview show things. oh my god dude i <laughs> I liked watching the. Uh, remember, they used to have the prime time half hour show. Yes, that would introduce you to what was coming with the cartoons. Yep, that half hour to me was. It's kind of like probably why I like previews and a hot movie these days. That half hour show was more exciting to me than the actual cartoons each week. Me too. Me too. When I oh, I couldn't deal with my life when I would see the new cartoons coming out. It was so awesome. Yep. Uh, and they had now, the, the two kids well, reaching through the TV and the double page comic oh, ad. So great. In the, in oh yeah. The, yeah. And that's what yeah. comics and, and that was cool with comics too because you would it, they would advertise that in comics you'd, you'd oh have, every year yeah. Yeah. and you'd have and, and, and you'd have to have your, your timing down because you'd watch CBS for the first half hour and then you'd run the ABC and then NBC and this is before VCRs DVRs that's so exactly you right. had to, it was stressful right you had yeah. to you had to map out the the, the cartoons. I've already seen this, Mister T. All right, I'm going back to this Alvin and the Chipmunks. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I always woke up too early and had to watch like a half hour of New Zoo review. Oh, what's stuff. wrong with like, that? It was either that or it was um like um Henrietta uh, Hippo. Danger Mouse. Or, uh, oh. I see you're of a different era than we are. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, re- <laughs> I remember the the New Zoo review. 
Yeah, Freddy the yeah, Frog. That shit's awesome. Color, so yeah. Now, now, uh, Vince and uh, and Jason, you you've got uh, you've got youngsters. Uh, yeah. What's the, what's the what's the Saturday morning vibe around your house? There is oh, no Lord. Saturday morning vibe. It's funny they uh, the the com the cartoons they love to watch, uh, which we do usually watch on Saturday and Sunday mornings, are cartoons that are uh, usually released on Friday nights. Um, you know, cartoons like yeah. mm-hmm. like the Clone Wars and Avengers, yeah. Heroes, and Symbiotic yeah. Titan, and um, so they're released for adults first, actually, these days. And then, and then my kids, because they don't know any different with the DVR, will you know watch them later on. So okay. um, yeah. there's See, got, there really isn't Saturday morning. I don't true. even are there. I mean, the networks don't play cartoons anymore, do they? I think no, I, I don't think, think CBS so. might have some. There's a there's, yeah. like Channel Five, Fox might. Okay. But yeah, there's it's Channel Eleven. Non-existent, um, but yeah, what we grew up watching on ABC, NBC—that's that's yeah, that's the way to Dota. Yeah, yeah. It's tough for me because I have two girls, one boy. So the girls are thirteen and oh, ten. Right. Yeah, so they're all about no, the iCarly and the boy. I, just, I know. Yeah. <laughs> two girls, one cup. Yeah, and I'm wait. I'm Stop waiting it. to film my own version Stop of that. Stop it. Uh, but but oh, Vin, I'll tell you. But Vinny is all about the man of action stuff. Ben 10 and yeah. Generator, Generator Rex. Generator Rex is shit. I they, are, they are the gods. I, I really thing. like Generator Rex, but my boys could give a shit about it. They, uh, they, 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 they watched like the first season with me, and they got real bored of it. And I have to say, their criticism is fair. They got real bored that he only changes into those few things. Like, he's, he's got uh, this power oh. to transform his body, but they oh, only... Ben well, Ben 10, he's like, like a lot, but the, right. the Generator Rex, like, he only transforms into those couple different shapes, which obviously is because they want the toys to be, but but in their mind, it's like, why can't he turn into anything? I mean, he should be able to, to create a different thing for yeah. every time they, he needs to do something, which makes sense, but, so they kind of, they prompted that one, but. Yeah, but uh, you're right, he doesn't really get too diverse in what he turns into, maybe because they don't want to make a shitload of toys. Exactly. For it initially, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're out, by the way. The the Generator Rex toys. I know. Oh, yeah, I saw okay. them. I, I know. They're actually pretty nice looking. Yeah, I like them. The uh, yeah. the Van Kleist is pretty dope. Yeah, no, I, but uh, they're not interested. It's my big my big banes are they weren't interested in that, and they really never liked Transformers. Every time I go to the toy store, I was like, "No, oh, look at these Transformers!" And they're always like, "Oh yeah, man, don't you say the word Transformers?" <laughs> and uh, Vinny has every Transformer from. Say Armada, Energon, like the last four or five series, he's got every one of them because I was huge into Transformers and I, and I bought them for me. Them. Yeah. yeah. And, and I said, I don't want these anymore. I'll give them to my son. There's Transformers everywhere in this house. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> it's like we're on Cybertron. How about that for a geek? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to comics before we get tuned out here. What else we got? Wood, what are you loving? Uh, well, in addition to the meanwhile, I read something um, which, again, fits into the same category and it got a lot of praise for a long time that was coming out, but none of us, as far as I know, talked about it on the show. Um, and now it's over, and I went back and read the whole thing, and uh, it was pretty badass. And I have to say, I'm curious to know, uh, after I mention it, why none of us gave it a shot. And that is... Um, by the Luna Brothers, the sword. Oh, I started that. Never finished I, it. I read the whole thing. 
You did. <laughs> never talked about it on the show. I think, I think not, he did. Did I not talk about it? I, I think he did. Think he yeah, did. way back when. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe once. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been. It's been a day or two. But yeah, yeah. I read the whole thing. I well, it's interesting. I never. Yeah, I was going to say I'd never read anything by the Loon Brothers. Didn't read the girls, any of that stuff. Um, I think, well, actually, that's not true. I read uh, the, um, didn't they do that Spider-Woman? Um, yes. Oh, the origin yeah. or whatever? Yeah. So I did read that. But, uh, but yeah, I, this is a book. It started coming out. I didn't really pay any attention. Um, just kept hearing every now and then. People would mention it in passing in different podcasts or on the web. People say, oh, I love that 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 series. And um, just never got around to it. And then... They released uh, "I Am Nothing If Not a Whore" for the uh, for the hardcover collected editions, and mm-hmm. they solicited a slipcased complete omnibus of all uh, I think it's twenty seven issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I saw that, and DCBS had it for fifty percent off, I said, "Boom, it's mine!" Um, and bought it really sudden scene, um, and sat down and read it maybe two weeks ago. But we didn't. I didn't talk about it last week because we did the eleven o'clockers. Uh, How'd you like it? it I I loved it. I loved it to death. It, it's it's one big kick-ass action movie is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, brutal as hell, too. Very brutal, very graphic. Uh, Dara Brighton is a wheelchair-bound uh, average girl, and uh, in the opening few pages of the of the series, um, her her family's killed because uh, people invade her home looking for something, which. Um, I don't want to give away, but uh, but but they they kill her family, and uh, try and they think they kill her, but they don't. Um, and she goes basically on a on a classic. If you're a fan of '70s kung fu movies, or it's basically a revenge quest. She um, is in possession of the aforementioned sword, which gives her unbelievable powers, uh, as well as healing abilities. And she takes. Um, she goes on a, uh, a killing spree uh, in a revenge quest to um, avenge the deaths of her family um, at the hands of three uh, immortal uh, super beings who each control one of the um, the uh, Earth's elements. Uh, and it really is it, it. It I don't know. I guess there were arcs, maybe in trades and stuff. But but as I read it, because I read it in, in straight through, it's just one big story. Um, you know, it's real, it's real, I th- the arcs. I want to say that the arcs were it was four arcs and mm-hmm. oh, so it was the it was it was one, yeah it was it was one arc for for each each immortal. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that I, makes I, sense. I, yeah. yeah, and uh, and and basically she's got a couple interesting um, sidekicks that go on a journey with her, and this takes place in the quote unquote real world. So up until this point. The, the the world didn't realize that the, you know humans didn't ever conceptualize superpowers or that this was possible. So uh, you know when she's fighting another uh, being, you know there there's massive destruction and the media is going crazy, and the military is going crazy, and she becomes the most wanted figure, and you know all of the world is talking about her, and uh, she just becomes an obsession of everyone in the media, um, as would actually be the case if that happened in our world. Um, and it's really, really, I think tightly written for for the the entire arc they clearly had mapped out um it's got some great twists um including one which i didn't really see coming i mean i kind of saw it coming you you didn't see the twist the twist i I did sort of toward the very end but not until maybe like three quarters of the book and then i said oh you know what i bet but uh but i uh i just thought it was terrific and i it was one of those things where i read it and thought man you know if this would be one of those things they could never make a movie out of because the budget would be like 300 million dollars but wow this was done as though this 
we say a lot about the the thing about comic books and adaptations and stuff, and one of the things I think not enough people take advantage of in comics is that it really is your chance to do things that you just couldn't do even today's day and age with digital in other media. Just because you wouldn't have the budget to do it, it would be hard to pull off. Um, and this, to the Luna Brothers' credit, they they go big. I mean, when these battles, like when she's fighting the the god of water, I mean, you know, there are city-sides typhoons yeah. and uh, you know, yeah. just I mean, he's th- there's massive destruction and and on a scale that is just uh, breathtaking. Um, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it, man. It was just one big adrenaline ride, and I can really it's it's a, it's a story that that goes through thousands of years. It's, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it ties in back to the to uh, if you're a fan of ancient civilizations and um, and any kind of the, the the fictional lore that would suggest that some of these civilizations there's more to them than meets the eye and the pyramids and that sort of stuff it ties back into that. Um, uh, it, it one of the things I loved being of my of my non-religious persuasion is it plays with the concept of religious myth and uh, deification and what that means and. Um, you know, and it, 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 what that means in a largely Judeo-Christian world, what it would mean if, if we found out that, in fact, there are gods on the earth, but they're not Judeo-Christian, and what, what would that mean to people and how they perceive things? So um, it, it was dope, man. I really, really liked it, and I have to say, it's definitely got me curious to check out the girls and some of the other Lunar Brothers stuff, because for some reason, that those guys were been guys that I, I don't know why I, I have not read their stuff. I don't know why I haven't even checked out their 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 stuff but I, I never never really i don't know just they never grabbed me for whatever reason and uh um they, this really gets it done i couldn't tell you who does the writing and who does the art or if they switch off but uh I think that both yeah do they okay because because yeah. the the art style is very clean vince i don't know what you think of the art style but it's, it's i like a very, it okay yeah. it's a very clean line it's, it's just not um not a tremendous amount of uh lines on the page um um it, it's, oh it, yeah even line wing line yeah. width and yeah yeah exactly yeah, they let right. the color do the talking yep, you're right the, the inking yeah. is very much uh uh there's not there's not a lot of uh of, of change in the width of the inks and stuff but uh but i will say it uh it's it just yeah one of those awesome surprises and um i mean i read all 27 issues in that hardcover and probably oh god maybe maybe three hours over like a saturday just sitting by the fire it was it was a quick read but uh hella fun so um they hoodwinked hoodwinked me me and they made me mad why on it because the the hook at the end the twist um i it, it was actually it was actually perfect setup but it 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 lent itself to what I thought was bad writing in some of the earlier issues, and then whenever all of the pieces fell into place, I realized that it wasn't it wasn't bad writing. It was just all sleight of hand setup, and it made me mad for thinking that it was actually bad writing. So You're right. Only- that that's a great point because there's a, having read it all in one sitting, I I probably didn't I didn't stew on that as much, but I do know what you're mm-hmm. talking about, which is why I say I didn't realize the the hook at the end until maybe three quarters of the book in. And I know what you're yeah. talking about. There were a few times I was like, really? What? Yeah. That doesn't. Um, but but you're right. But but that's what I thought was cool about it was that the reveal to me had that Kaiser Soze feel. 
where yeah. when, when when they're walking through it and 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 you're getting the big the the exposition and the walkthrough of, of what was happening throughout the book you realize it was all there for you to see and you feel yeah. like kind of a dope for not seeing it in the first place but like you said i think that that's not and that's not an uncommon trope these days but when I think it's pulled off well is getting to what you're alluding to, which is what you go back and you realize that there were things that you actually thought because you had your writer cap on were poorly mm-hmm. executed. And in fact, they weren't poorly executed. You just weren't realizing where he was going. And that's what yeah. I think happened here, which is why I got to give him credit because it was the yep. same thing with usual suspects, right? If you, I think the great thing about that was the Kaiser Sosa reveal was you go back and you're like, wow, that all does make sense. But during the movie, you're kind of thinking like, oh, wait a minute, I don't get that. Or, yeah, that. Well, really? Yeah. Sir? Yeah. yeah, Bruce yeah, Willis is a ghost. Peanut <laughs> 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 right, gallery aside, I really, really thought the sword was great. And I, and I the 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 hardcover is beautiful, and so if you're a fan of the hardcover stuff like I am, it's it's great. Even at, I would I would even pay whatever probably thirty forty percent off you can get off Amazon because um, yeah. I. But 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 even if you're not into that, I'm pretty sure you could. I have to imagine you get these issues for. Some discount off cover price in, in in bins at cons or even your your shop and if you can it's 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 worth it. I, I, I oh the, yeah, the big slipcase is is definitely definitely worth it if mm-hmm, if yeah. you if you find it. Yes, and I'm gonna I need to uh, I need to pick up girls again and read. It. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, did, uh, you said you read a few issues but didn't keep with it. Uh, I have them. I just. Uh, for whatever reason, I started it, and then I read something for the show because I knew I wouldn't get through all twenty-seven f- in the time I had. Mm-hmm. To you know, so I just put them aside, and I never went back to them. But I do own them. I will get back to them uh, one is, day. You have a, and a lot of those things. I do. I mean, she's just, I got a lot of friggin' books. But yeah. here's the deal. This, this, oddly enough, this uh, brings up a little idea I had during the week I was looking around and you're right there are a lot of books that I have yet to read and I think that our show works well really well when two of us team up on something uh-huh. and we we start bouncing shit back and forth and I think what we should do for next episode and we should make a point of doing it at least once a month is suggest something that we'd like to read knowing what every each one of us owns like jason i have you in mind with the first one because i know you own something and i own it too and i i would want to read it but i know damn well that if if i read it just by myself i'm going to come in and sound like a blithering idiot by gushing over it and i want somebody to temper my enthusiasm i think for next episode you and i should read volume one of the humbug collection Oh, absolutely, sure. It's actually sitting on my nightstand right now. Mine is too. Mine is right here. I haven't on my, read it. I, my... I leafed through it when I got it because I saw your copy, ordered a copy, leafed through it when I first opened it up and thought, wow, this is going to be a lot of fun, and then I have not gotten back around to reading it. So. Yes, I think for next episode we should tackle the All first right, book. Because, I mean, right. be, I don't think we'll be able to burn through the whole thing. Sure. And I, I, I know Chris and David don't own it. I don't, Chris, right. you don't own it, right? I don't know. Okay, so Wood and I, for next episode, will read the first volume of Humbug. Do you guys want to team up on something? All right, David. You make the call. Oh. um, Tarot. Tarot. Read Tarot. No, no. (laughs) It's David's call. Shut up, Vince. Do do, do you want to talk about Class War? Talk about what? Class War. We can do that. Okay. Nice. Oh, this is working well. So David and Chris will be reading Class War, and Wood and I will be reading 
the first volume of Humbug. There you go. It's a this plan. We actually have a plan for next time. All right. I have a couple observations and one question. Okay. First, I finished Crossed. Uh, the Original first series? series? The first one, yes. I finally finished it, and I was struck. During the last issue, it finally it, it hit me just how similar that series is to George Romero's The Crazies. Have you ever seen the crazies, the original crazies? No, no. It's 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 very similar. Uh, it's not as brutal and not as explicit, obviously, but the premise is very much this, cl- very close to what mm-hmm. uh, Ennis did in Cross. I I really enjoyed Cross, and like I said, I I said this couple episodes ago. I'm sticking with it. I'm ordering the fam- not Family Values, the one after it. In, in yeah, singles. the one where the dude's insane, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm going to get family values in trade, ordering everything else from now on in singles. And uh, I was almost ashamed by how much I liked it. Um, and <laughs> it, was a, uh, it was a carnival ride that I felt like I needed to ride once, and that was it. I was you good. You see, the thing was, I didn't think it was explicit enough. If you if you have these these people running around that are totally stripped of their humanity, you yeah. all right? You, you see, there's some very disturbing, explicit stuff like horsecock running around with a big horsecock mm-hmm. in his hand. There's but, a scene where guys get into a circle jerk and come into a bowl filled with bullets that's that brilliant. they then use to shoot people to infect them with the virus. That's br- wow. but, but it, that's it, not, it that's wasn't pretty enough. explicit. <laughs> it is it is explicit in 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 theory it's explicit but they don't really show anything. I want to I mean if you're going to do this where it's the very the, the bottom of the bowl of humanity I want to see everything. I want to see it. Come on. Be There's as explicit a scene of a guy getting ass raped. There is but it's a, a lot of it is suggested. It's not really shown. I mean I want this to be no, I want to see everything. It shocked really? me. It's crossed should shock the shit out of me, and parts of it did, like yeah. the 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 scene with um the children. That was very disturbing. I don't think I would want to see explicit parts uh, of that scene. But the rest Wait, of it. But what scene was that? Where they encounter the kids that were forced to turn to cannibals to survive. Oh yeah, and yeah, that yeah, was that was. That was kind of disturbing. Sounds but, uh, awesome. No, it's a really good series because in the yeah. midst of all this this debauchery, I mean, people are struggling to just to, to hold on to whatever humanity they have, and it's almost yeah. impossible but to th- do. Think think about this, okay? Like The Walking Dead is awesome. It's similar, but there, yeah. But but there are times whenever you feel like it hasn't gone as dark as it would really be right. in real yes. life yes. crossed crosses that line it gets it goes to that really depraved darkness that you know kind of you know it it goes to like the road in yeah. in how mm-hmm. dark it can be and yeah. yeah it's i mean it's it's disturbing it's not it's not it's not light reading it's, it's avatar has a lot of disturbing books <laughs> I was say, speaking of disturbing vince i did read the latest issue of neonomicon fondly <laughs> wasn't that great it was pretty was awesome that? dude I was awesome saying, like, it takes a sick mind to to take a giant water beast from the cthulhu legend and and, a and turn it into like a into like a, a munchausen syndrome 
storyline. <laughs> like, uh, like I can't fathom that. That would, that I guess, would you would call it pathetic to his needs. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Uh, I guess you would call it milt, right? It's a fish, essentially. So you have this huge geyser of milt just squirting across the panel, and she she manipulates him digitally to instead of letting him do what he had been doing repeatedly to her but did, do you notice her softening like she's that's what enjoying I'm saying. it she's yeah she's becoming yeah she's she's starting to identify with him instead of but know. hey uh to moore's credit he did set up the precedent by making her a sex addict so yeah, it's a, it's not a stretch that this woman would you know groove on this huge fish dick you know i mean <laughs> but oh, i i love it I, I think they really have a winner with neonomicon it's there's just something very skin crawlingly disturbing about the book and it again it's not as explicit as it could be it could well, be a see, hell of a lot case, more in though, your I face think it shouldn't be explicit because it's uh it, it's playing around in a world where these things weren't explicit, right? I mean, there wasn't explicit sexual acts in in his work. It was implied, you know. They were so, almost asexual. That's what yeah. I mean, though. So I think yeah. that that's the point, right? I don't think, like, and, I, I think, and, in fact, uh, I would imagine um, a lot of uh, a, a lot of, uh, of fans of uh, of of the uh, you know of all of the lore are probably probably I bet aren't that happy with this comic because oh, I don't know fact. about that there's a magazine out there called Cthulhu Sex uh-huh uh, legit it's legit there's a legitimate magazine called Cthulhu Sex but uh no um but that's that's how smart Moore is he takes a writer known for his reluctance to portray sex in his work but his denizens are very sexually crafted i mean a uh, a lot of the uh, Cthulhu uh, mythos is the, the characters are sexual in their physical form. I mean, there's there's giant dicks. Some of them are essentially when when you read the wording he uses, and and a lot there's very uh, the vagina plays a big part in some of. But whatever. But to take to take a writer whose work is known as asexual but has sexual elements in it and write a story that's essentially about sex as related to Lovecraft, that's freaking smart. That's more. He's taking two diametrically opposed things, but they're not really, but they are. See, you know what I mean? It's like that's the, the mind trip that more plays with you. That's why he's the best friggin' writer comics has ever seen. I, I, I hear at the screen. Yeah, David. David's gonna. David wants to say. David wants to say Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I didn't. I didn't think. Woo! Actually, making unanimous. I thought my my. <laughs> Your silence. A silence yeah. of affirmation. Okay. Yes. But no, I mean, I I haven't thought about it enough to formulate what I would like to say because we didn't. We don't rehearse any of this bullshit. Uh, but. I'm sure if I think about it more, I'll come up with something interesting to say in terms of more and Lovecraft. Yeah, it's really good. And and the question I had, the only Bat book that I'm buying and enjoying is Neil Adams' Batman Odyssey. Where the hell is it? Is it late? Is it canceled? No, is it on hiatus? What's the deal? It'll come out when it comes out. Oh, but I know that, and I'm it. I'm just I'm just curious because it seems like forever since we saw an issue. Did they collect yeah. the first 
half dozen issues or something already? Uh, I don't know. I I don't pay attention to that stuff. It it just seems like the last last issue to yes, but the, I think the last issue to come out was five. Was that? Am I right? Probably. So it's not. It's, I don't think it's enough for a trade. And now you're issue, all scratchy. Bitch. See, you bad mouth Neil Adams, and then what happens? I didn't should have been nothing. should have been wrapping shit up, but no, we got to be talking about Batman <laughs> Odyssey. <laughs> oh, Neil Adams is shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 11 o'clock. I saw Vince's post to call the hotline, so I thought I'd go ahead and call the hotline. This is Tom uh, Morris from the forums. I I thought I'd call him and make a little comment. I'm, I don't know if you guys have brought this up lately, but it seems to be a while you guys. I love you talking about specific kind of indie stuff. I'd love to hear a little more love from Boom. You know. It's kind of sad. Looks like the, a lot of their Disney lines getting kind of taken out, partially because of low sales. But I think we spread the word because Darkwing Duck's a fantastic comic, and I'm never hear anybody talking about it since the first issue. I'm guessing everyone's reading it in trades or just want to rave about this stuff. But I think that's just such the example of how fun comics can be. Anyway, I hope to get this uh, talked about a little bit more later on. I'll see you all in forums. I wasn't busting Neil Adams. I love him. I just that's the reason why I was <laughs> curious because I, I enjoyed the book so well. And it, you know, yeah, on Neil Adams, real quick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I forgot to mention in, in our eleven o'clockers, uh, as far as like collected editions or reprint stuff, the uh, the the Fasmal edition of the uh, Muhammad Ali oh, Superman. Yeah, you have the oversized one. Really, yeah, I got the oversized one. And it's really, really nice, and should have mentioned that in the eleven Oscars because that was a really nice reproduction of that. Dude, you want to hear something ridiculous about you know that uh, gi- gigantic that Tashin book, the seventy five years of DC? Yeah. yeah, you know. So, um, it dude, it was on. They were the Tashin store in uh, in in NYC was selling it on Monday for fifty bucks. No, what? Yeah. Did you buy it? Oh, no, I could, it was it was only in store. I couldn't get down there. Oh. That's insane. That's what three hundred. Oh, wait, it's that's, so that's two hundred dollars off. Yeah. So how many? That's what's per, 50, I think seventy five percent off. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. David, D. I would have bought it, but I couldn't. I, w- I couldn't get down there. I I really wanted it, but I was. It was a crazy day at work. I and uh, I just couldn't. I couldn't make it down. So. And that's not the kind of book you'd say. Hey, pick me up a copy. You know. Yeah. That if, was the maybe thing. if you have I a wheelbarrow. That, but then I thought, oh, these things are gigantic, and he's already coming across town to get his own copy. So I didn't want to be a dick. But yeah. Dude, <laughs> 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 D would have done it for you. He probably would have, but I. But. But never. You, you like made you take him out to dinner, and then all of a sudden it's it was funny covered. because it's been it's been in my Amazon cart uh, for a couple of weeks, and so you know how when you go in your Amazon cart, if you don't, it'll tell you if price changes or something. Yeah. And uh-huh. I was going to Amazon to buy something else. I think it was Meanwhile actually, and I noticed that um, when I logged on, I said, "Oh, the DC the Tashin book is is lower price now. It was down to like a hundred and eight hundred eight bucks, hundred eight dollars." Yeah, yeah, and I thought, "Oh, that's weird that they're." Wonder why, and then I, I bet it's that because Tashin was having a big sale on their site, so they were, they were trying to bring their price down a little bit. But I was a little annoyed because um, I guess because of the size of the book, uh, even though I'm Amazon Prime, it's not free shipping. Right. Get that out of here! Really, yeah. it pisses yeah, me off. I think this the same thing applied to Kramer's or got uh, number seven. Yeah, I yeah, don't think so. that was free shipping. 
I would have bought it, absolutely would have bought it for 108 bucks until I saw that it wasn't free shipping, and then just on the principle, I didn't buy it. That, I wouldn't either. You know, because I pay, I mean, if I, if they could free ship me a, fr- a refrigerator for Amazon Prime, I don't understand how they can't ship me this book. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like four, it's like four dollars <laughs> shipping and handling. Yeah. And you know where uh, else you can yeah. get really low, low price so shipping? Bad. Where? DCBS. Yes, you can. Yes, you it's can. ridiculous. And their sister site, InStockTrades.com. And their sister's kids site, MyDigitalComics.com. <laughs> <They're, laughs> we're about shipping there. <laughs> no, they're in not. InStockTrades, you can get uh, free shipping for orders of $50 or more. And let's be honest, yeah. when you're buying collected editions, it is very easy to spend 50 bucks. It's true. It's yep. true. But some of the deals, I don't know if these even apply, because didn't previews come out this week, or is it next week? No, it's next week. Because next my, week. At least, yeah, my shipment is being shipped. Uh, late because Diamond is releasing previews. Not they didn't release it today. It's coming out next week. So. Yeah, yeah, too much uh, space on the truck taken up for those stupid polybagged issues. But anyway, <laughs> some of the things that you can get from DCBS, if you have a, a a big sized wheelbarrow, you can load it up with Garth Ennis's The Boys for like thirty five cents an issue. That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. It yeah. is. You can get the doctor. Well worth it, by the way, if you haven't read those series. Mm-hmm. You you can okay. get what? yeah wow. no really you you can <laughs> no I, yeah you're right you're right time out a second we can't just we can't end on that note well, you, I think you just when last we talked you loved the boys and then what happened I I like it I just I just fall out I fell out of, it's not the boys it's me I fell out of love with it oh. it's it's not you it's yeah me, it's me boys. I mean, look, I, I do not, enjoy I, it I mean there was some after uh, there were some rough patches with that art sure but. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't buy it anymore. I like you I said, died? no, I dropped it when it turned three ninety nine. Wow, is it's not? Know you. It's, not it's not worth three ninety nine to me. Hey, you can get the Doctor Solar Man of the Atom Trade. It's worth thirty five cents though, right? Oh hell yes, yes it is. Um, this is a fifteen ninety nine trade. This Doctor Solar thing, you can get it for fifty three percent off. It's only going to cost you seven dollars and fifty one cents. Yeah, but still that first dish, right? Yeah, it does include the first issue, but uh, you know, you, sacrifices must be made. Jeez, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and don't forget about the uh, their sister's kids site, the mydigitalcomics.com. If you are interested in Duncan the Wonder Dog, you can get it for the paltry sum of nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You don't have to wait for shipping; it's beamed right to your house by a UFO orbiting the planet, and you can, you can read it immediately. That's cool. a lot of comic folks for you know. Oh it, it, yes, it, yeah, seriously. It, it, I, I don't know what the, how big it is uh, in terms of megs, but I'm sure it's got to be over a hundred, right? No, I don't know. It's four hundred pages, four hundred some pages. Four hundred. Four hundred. But I mean, you can get a bunch of independents. There's a slew of top cow books. Uh, a lot of 99 cents issues, and that's mydigitalcomics.com. And when you're done there, order some real stuff. The physical books that you can hold in your hand and lick them at dcbservice.com. Fast shipping, great packing, friendly people. If you miss something, you can call them up. Boom, and they add it to your order. And you'll probably see them where? Oh, Sados, Sados, They're usually there as uh, as in stock trades. Um, so yeah. I'm uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming they will be there. Also, if you're a first time customer, don't uh, don't forget to use the uh, the coupon code EOC. Eight. I always forget Look at about you. That. Yeah. yeah, get that extra eight 
eight percent off. So yeah, come as come if they on. weren't giving you enough discount. Here, take our books. Yep, and then come on out and see us all at at Cedosidos because it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a good time. Cedosidos, and what about C two E two? Would you like to say? Uh, just uh, uh, go to the website. You can order your tickets before March fourteenth, and uh, you can get the whole weekend for fifty bucks, yep. and uh, get all the info on the con at c two e two dot com. Yeah, I'll give you some of it, and just in case you're wondering, uh, it takes place March eighteenth to the twentieth. They, like Chris said earlier in the show, they've moved to the West Building at McCormick Place in downtown Chicago. It's big, it's swizzy. Uh, some of the people that will be there. The Bendis Man is there, Adam Hughes, Gene Ha, Mahmoud Asrar, Woot! everybody, Woot! Woot! Oh. Paul Cornell, awesome writer, Mike Norton, who is a fixture at these things. I don't feel like I'm at a con unless I see Mike Norton. It's true. Scotty Young, Scott Snyder, it's crazy all the people that are going to be here. Um, tickets are available, like Chris said, at C2E2.com. Just go check it out. Do it. And there. in your travels... Oh, I didn't prepare. Read, um, oh. read, uh, Savage Dragon. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's an old standby. I know. Whenever we, I, read Lady Death from, uh, <laughs> Jesus. There you go. Yeah, no, wow. it's good. It starts it's good. off with tarot, ends with Lady Death. Did Love you read, did you read only, any of the issues yet? Yeah, poops on the boys in Fantastic Four. God, Lady Death is really good. I like it a lot. Brian Polito's doing good stuff with this with this um, new incarnation of the Breaking character. Breaking new ground, huh? I think so. Cool. Yeah. It's hot. Oh goodness! Uh, in your travels, uh, take uh, take Wood's advice for a uh, best collected edition for the year, and uh, read along with me the uh, the adventures of Usagi Ujimbo. Yep. Yes, sir. Rabbit bodyguard. It's so. There's a scene where he's walking through a market. It's like this, you know, seven, you know, seven samurai scene. He's going through this, you know, you know, feudal Japan market, and he, he and he's like, oh, look at this, this uh, heathen barbarian, and it's uh, and it's grew. Head, right, head, yeah. and Gru, Gru's like samurai scum. It's yeah, it's just funny stuff like that. But it, it's what's rude. up with the dinosaurs, by the way? That's a that's a Stan Sakai in joke. Awesome. Yeah, little mini dinosaurs. Yep. Yeah. It, it's kind of like you know uh, Sergio would litter his art with little things repeatedly, and uh, the same thing with Stan Sakai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the little dinosaurs. They're cute. Me too. They're cute. Yep. Uh, I say. Give um, give Cyclops the recruit a shot from uh, Archaic Press. First mm. issue, read the first issue of uh, of eight by the team that brought you the Killer. Uh, it's nice. different from the Killer. I'll um, I'll try to if I sound better next week. I'll try to talk about this issue and the topic that I mentioned to the guys yesterday that I wanted to touch on. But we'll plenty of time for that. You know what's mm-hmm. awesome too, David, is you you just accidentally stumbled upon that series because you actually thought it was a book about about Scott. Honestly, Glenn God. Summers. Yep. That's exactly what I was That's the first. Yep. True. True. Uh, and uh, and just to to give uh, I was giving Vince a little shit here, but uh, in all honesty, he uh, he was so spot on. Uh, maybe two three weeks ago, when he was singing the praises of Mr. Ian Churchill's creator-owned work, Marine Man. Tell um, me. 
I had enjoyed the first issue before he talked about it, but I have since read the second issue, and it is awesome, and it's all ages. We always talk about there's not enough all ages books. It's an all ages book. It's terrific. So far, so good. It's uh, it's basically the Aquaman book that uh, I the love DC it. should put out, but they yep. don't. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I do have a fear of water, though. Do you? Like with fish in it? Yeah. I don't go in the ocean. You have to remember that. We have to go deep sea fishing. Sometimes. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Dude, I thought you weren't afraid of anything. Uh, big fish, I am. Yeah. Really? Big, big fish that can eat your balls. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a serious problem with sharks. We'll talk yeah, about me later. too. Me Dude, too. I was out fishing uh, when I was a kid uh, with my dad and my grandfather once, and uh, my grandfather did not have a very large boat, but that didn't seem to, to, to scare him or my dad off from going out into the ocean. And I remember being like eight or nine years old, and we're out in the middle of the ocean, and my grandfather's not very large boat, and a fucking fin just swims right by the fucking boat, like three feet from my arm, and I'm just like flipping out, losing my mind. And of course, I'm losing my mind, like having an absolute, like you know, uh, uh, tween breakdown, thinking my life's about to end, and my dad and my grandfather fucking start throwing bloody chum into the water to try and get the thing to come back so they can try and catch it. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh, gotta love it. Dude, I, I, I would... Irreconcilable differences, those guys. I'd be out of that family. No way. I'd be out of that water is what I'd be. Oh, yeah. yeah, so there you go. Alright, everybody. <laughs> Freaking weird way to end the thing with chum. Thank, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Same time, same yeah feed. Same I guess that applies. Channel. Yeah, same, same bad, bad channel. Time, bad thank channel. you. We uh, we love you so much. It's true. We do. Yeah, um, bye. Water game.